Yes, welcome to Cutting Through the Ball in the Post-Truth Apocalypse. I'm Ben, as always I'm joined by Gaz. Hello. And Mike. Hello. And this week we're going to talk about the North Hollywood shootout of 1997. Yes, a bit of true crime. And it's, you know, it looks like it's, it's a film, doesn't it? It's amazing. Yeah. It's all filmed. It's all news footage. It's 1997. There's police helicopters. There's news helicopters. They're all filming it. Yeah. You see someone actually die. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I watched that a little bit over and over again, actually. Not in some sick, weird way, just because it wasn't gory. And it's just, I've never seen anyone shoot himself under the chin before with a handgun yeah. from enough distance that it's not gross. Yeah, you do just kind of crumple. Yeah. So we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, but first, let's uh, say hello to some new listeners in, in different countries. We've got around the globe. So, Italy, Switzerland, Ireland, the Russian Federation, Thailand, Germany, Canada, and of course the United Kingdom and the United States. Thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers. Especially the people in Russia. Yeah, definitely. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, all right, so first, before we get to the main cut and thrust of it, we go through a bit of weird news, and this is stuff we found on the internet over the course of the last week or so. Mm -hmm. Let's get the boys' views on this week's weird news. Right, what's the first one we got, Mike? All right, who wants to take that one? Go on, then, I'll go for it. Penis Festival attracts thousands as giant phallus paraded through the streets. Wow. <laughs> Enormous members, multicoloured phallic decorations and food shaped like the male anatomy all feature at the festival in Japan, which is also known as Honensai. Is that an acceptable Japanese name to call your penis? Honensai. To nickname it Honensai. <laughs> Penis-san. Yeah, like that. <laughs> oh, Honensai. Thank you I for that, Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> oh, wax on. Flax on. I can spunk on a fly in mid-air. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. It'd probably be easier to catch it with a fucking chopstick. <laughs> Mike puts his special headband on to have a wang. Gets <laughs> rising sun headband. <laughs> he wanks in the crane position. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, moving on. <laughs> thousands of people, thousands, have flocked to a huge festival in Japan and it is dedicated entirely to penises. Enormous members, multicoloured phallic decorations. Oh, I've just read that bit. I apologise. We are professionals. Honestly. Honestly. Uh, every year in March, residents and visitors of the Achi, that place in Prefecture. Japan, thank you, flock to Komaki, north of Nagoya, Nagoya, to see a giant phallus carried through the streets. Men of an, quote, unlucky age, 
what would you classify it as an unlucky age? Is that old or young? I don't know. I guess it'll say. Maybe there's a, if you're a certain age, it's considered unlucky. Ah, maybe. Well, anyway, men of that age, they carry a two-metre penis carved from Japanese cypress and offer it to the shrine with prayers for a good harvest. Flourishing of all natural things and fertility to the loved ones. I don't know if I want to go around carrying a giant cock. <laughs> well, if it's going to bring fertility to other people, but you is know, it? I don't know. It doesn't make a difference mm. at all. You just carry a massive cock around for no reason. <laughs> could be worse. You could be like that Villa fan with a dodo stuck to his head. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's a big phallus. It certainly is. <laughs> just, it is a big one. It's mighty impressive, isn't it? We're looking at a picture of it now, listener. Two metres, although to be honest... It's taller than me. Two metres. They could have built a bigger one, couldn't they? Well, they could have. But they've carved it out of wood. If they were really going for it, though. Yeah, they have carved it. That's true. It's not Pepe and Mache, is no, it? No, it's not like a float. <laughs> make a two-mile one if you really try. <laughs> um, anyway, oh, here's why they don't make a two-mile one. This can be incredibly... The penis, sorry. can be incredibly hefty, weighing upwards of 400 kilograms and with a circumference of more than 100 centimetre and is the one to which most tributes and prayers are paid. Originally, the statue was much smaller and attracted and attached to a representation of a samurai. But it has grew bigger over the years. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> <Lucky>. like mine. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Lucky guests are able to give the wooden penis a kiss on the tip. Wow. Wow. Only if you're lucky, though. Fucking, I tell you what, it's the fucking patriarchy gone mad. Oh, why are we looking at this picture, Mike? We are looking at a picture of a what appears to be a Western traveller, your typical travelling hippie type you know the fucking type they'll tell you about their traveling and he's at this festival holding what i would describe as about a three foot long fake penis with is that water squirting out of the air? i think it is i hope it is me too well yeah. he's obviously enjoying it uh well not only is the star of the show a giant penis but the streets are awash with all things phallic he's having a cock a hoop <laughs> hey <laughs> Visitors to the festival <laughs> tucked into chocolate-dipped bananas, uncircumcised hot dogs... Hang on. An uncircumcised hot dog. Well, what's a circumcised hot dog look like? Oh, the end chocolate. You just cut the skin off. Yeah. What's the point in that? Is that how Jewish people eat their hot dogs? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that hot dog's not kosher. <laughs> not to you. Take a tiny bit of skin off the end. Yeah. Anyway. Pork as well, it would be anyway. Oh, yeah, shit. Very good point. Of course, I'm not as ignorant and ignorant as I make out on the show. I do that for comedy purposes, of course. Yeah, don't try and sell circumcised hot dogs to Jews. <laughs> <laughs> not a good business, man. Well, the parade featuring more penis tributes is followed by a street party with snacks, sake and souvenirs. Um, yeah, I think we've got to the bottom of this story. We don't need to know any more, do we? It's a, it's a big cock festival that's supposed to bring fertility to the land and to the people, I guess. Yeah, why not? What yeah. the hell? Well, I wonder if anyone still believes it or whether it's just like, hey, it's fun to carry around a big cock. And yeah, it's just like one of the carnivals, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, the cock carnival. It doesn't really do much, it's just, yeah, it's good carnival. Mm. Yeah. It's free sake. That's a good... Ooh, Iron Maiden have released a new beer, a sake-infused lager. Ooh. Which I have no idea what it's going to taste no, like. Right. Um, it's called Sun and Steel. Ooh. Yeah. That's pretty mal. Yeah, up the irons. So, 
Yeah, I think that concludes the penis festival story. Yeah, I'll go with that. Moving on. What the fuck, Japan? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'll do this one. A woman, 44, has a stroke while nearing orgasm during oral sex. A woman suffered a stroke while receiving oral sex from her lover. The 44-year-old from West London was, uh, quote, nearing orgasm when she passed out in the bedroom. She was rushed to hospital where doctors found a blood vessel that had burst inside her skull. Oh. Fuck me. Doesn't sound very nice. No. Well, we know it's a stroke, but I mean, just (laughs) hearing it described like that is... Yeah. Uh, Medics at West Middlesex University Hospital and... uh, is I don't know how to say that. I've never read that place. Isleworth, Isleworth West London, said the patient was unconscious for three minutes after the first suffering a headache during oral sex. And her partner, whose gender is unknown, said that they had noticed her body was stiff. What's it, what, what, what says that for? <laughs> whose gender is unknown? Who gives a shit? No, oh, whatever. That's true. On closer history, taking the patient... Reported nearing orgasm while receiving oral sex from her partner before losing consciousness, doctors this week wrote in the British Medical Journal. She'd otherwise been well received in the event, but I was just fucking loving it, to be fair. That, or, that fucking uh, orgasm must have been mind blowing. Oh! Vessel blowing. <laughs> uh, the woman spent two weeks in hospital recovering in October 2018. She's alright then, at least. Well, yeah. something. I suppose it, it's. She would have been a little bit, you know, it sucks, doesn't it, have to go to the doctor and say, oh, what, what were you doing at the time of, of the, you know, when it happened? Yeah, but if you were the person who was performing that act, you'd be fucking well <laughs> happy, wouldn't you? Oh, mate, I'd have a T-shirt printed. <laughs> okay. I licked her out till her brain exploded. <laughs> you'd have a picture of her with, a, with blood oozing out of her ear. <laughs> this is what happens when I give blowjobs. <laughs> oh, man. Well, good idea. Well, you know, there's, there's worse ways. Yeah, well, she didn't die, did she? No. She's going to be all right. Well, half of her's going to be okay, I guess. But No, no, she's sorry. fine. She's fine. All right. Move on. Mike? Globe-trotting dog lives best life after avoiding death sentence at animal shelter. Oh, fantastic. Is this a happy story? It is. The fuck, Mike? We're on Facebook and you're putting a happy story on. We don't normally do happy stories. Now and again we do. Oh, I found this one. This is nice. Dog Jonathan Warren is definitely living the best life. Jonathan Warren? <laughs> that for a dog? Jonathan! <laughs> Who the fuck named that dog? Look at a dog Jonathan Warren. That's a person's name. Well, at least they, at least a rabbit's name. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, you go for that pudding crown. I want it, I want it tonight. <laughs> Apparently he was on doggy death row in an animal shelter in Georgia, America, when he was adopted by his smitten owners, Amanda Klecker, 31, and husband Jeremy Simon, 37. Don't know why they've got different names, but... Jonathan has now visited France, Italy, Spain, Portugal, Canada, Belgium, Holland and Luxembourg, posing for a series of Instagram-worthy snaps along the way. And there's a picture of him next to the leading town of Pisa. That wow. dog's got a better life than me, hasn't he? <laughs> Looking in the happy little bus. He's on a, he's on a beach driving a golf cart now. Look, literally looking at a picture of him licking his lips as he drives a fucking golf buggy along a beautiful beach. He's definitely having a better time than me. Is there the Treby Fountains in Rome? He's got better clothes than me. <laughs> hang on, hang on, all right. How do they get that dog? Hmm. 
Oh, hang on. There's apparently they don't fly, fly only fly with airlines that allow dogs in cabin. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't even know there was, not it? They've got a private fucking jet. They're loaded. Uh, they can skip quarantine, because I'm pretty sure if you take a dog or something into another country, even in Europe, they're only there to have like, some kind of passport. They have to spend time in quarantine. It could be months in some cases. But doesn't the passport... Isn't part of getting the passport being that they've got no... Yeah, well, well yeah, but, but in between getting the passport, they could get, get something, couldn't they? If the vaccinations sure. aren't up to date, they could be carrying some. The only reason. Isn't I'm, fucking. Is no. that Amsterdam? The only reason. <laughs> I think it is Amsterdam, motherfucker. He's wearing shades and, and a, a bow tie. <laughs> well, Jonathan Warren, you've got a shit name, but a great life. Yeah. yeah. Fair play to him. Uh, do you want to read that nice inspirational quote from the owners there? Yeah, they say, uh, we want to show him the world, not just because he was once destined to only see the inside of a cage. Because we know sharing his adventures can help eliminate the negative stigma surrounding shelter animals and uh, help shed a positive life on adoptable pets. Yeah, I got a dog from a shelter. And uh, she was the third prettiest bitch in Shropshire, wasn't second. she? Second? Second wow. prettiest bitch in Shropshire. Yeah, had a Shropshire country fair. Wow. We got our dog from, like, literally from gypsies. <laughs> <laughs> wow. My mum hates when I tell her that, but it's fucking true. So in that case, isn't he a dag? Yes, he is. He's a dag. Uh, I got mine from the shittest estate on Telford. Well, Woodside. Does he ever threaten to stab anybody? No, (laughs) no. When I got back off holiday yesterday, he'd practically mug me for about 15 minutes. Wouldn't leave me alone. And, and I want you to look up this fucking Warren John, Jonathan Warren dog, because he literally dresses better than I ever will. <laughs> He's living a much better life than yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Fair play to him. It's not that I'm jealous of the dog I've met, but I'm, <laughs> I've got I'm visions jealous of, of the dog that I've never met. I've got visions of gas <laughs> kidnapping that dog, disguising himself as it, and then trying to replace him. What an awesome life. the dog's grown. Just some older just American dog couple. Suit. <laughs> just taking me all over the world to show. See, look, adoption does work. <laughs> We've got this five foot ten dog. <laughs> Did you know, it's the fact now, factual information, if you talk to your dog in English but in a Scooby-Doo style voice, like, he's a good little boy, isn't he? Your dog instantly has full comprehension of the English language. Little known fact. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's true. Why does everyone do it then? Because you just make a baby voice when you talk to your dog, do you? Uh, you talk to a baby, to your baby. Okay, fair enough. And you know, they're a bit dull, they? <laughs> Bless them, they are. Some of them are. Mine's dopey. That one's not. That one isn't. Jonathan Warren. Mine's dopey as shit. A little gold digger. I even sent us a death row. I mean, come on. He's only with them humans because they're, they're taking him all over the world. Do you know what I mean? Do you think he'd ditch him for someone else if he could? Yeah, someone better. Someone with even more money. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I think that concludes the news. It does. Alright, so let's move on to the main cut and thrust of today's topic, which is the uh, the North Hollywood shootout of February 28th, 1997. And because I've been on holiday, I haven't done a lot of research. I've watched the shootout and mm. took a few notes, so Gaz has taken the helms this week. Thank you, Wikipedia. <laughs> and YouTube. Good old Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, it's mainly YouTube. Um, it was Gaz's pick as well, wasn't it? Well, this is a story that I discovered by accident through another podcast. And watch that, the sort of 
full unedited. If you type North Hollywood shootout into YouTube, one of the top videos is the helicopter, the news helicopter footage. <clears throat> and for the first five minutes, you might be really confused. Cause did you see it? Like the uncut. Yeah. They're flying around. They can't find the bank, and it's no, just you can hear. Happening, is it? Yeah, it's totally mundane, boring. You're like, what the hell's this? And then, all of a sudden, things get very interesting when they do find the bank. And like we said off mic, all of a sudden you're watching a Hollywood yeah. fucking movie, man. It yeah. looks exactly like the movies. The cops hunkered down. The, the automatic fire. It's but... like the start of Predator Two. I was expecting Danny yeah. Glover to rock up in a battered Chevy. <laughs> Fucking fill the windows with bulletproof vests and go to town on El Scorpio. Yeah. That's what I was expecting. <laughs> well, it's not far off. Yeah, fascinating. I love. I know we're more of a conspiracy podcast, but we do we do do true crime now and then. And I love a bank robbery. Who doesn't? I love a heist. Unless you're involved. I love a shootout. Apparently, it came out just. This happened just after the film Heat, hadn't it? They were inspired by. They the were, film yeah. Heat. Two yeah. years later, yeah. Heat was ninety-five. Years. Yeah, was that's a... one of the best filmed shootouts in cinema yeah, yeah. history. But, yeah, and the reason why I can, quote, like this story is that despite the absolute carnage, and if you've never heard it, you're in for a ride, this is a good one, uh, there was a lot of carnage, automatic weapons being fired in the streets, but thank fuck, only two deaths, and they were, spoilers, the two perpetrators, so it's okay to uh, sort of enjoy this one, like, you know. Yeah. So... The basic outline is um, it's a confrontation between two heavily armed and what's key is not only heavily armed, heavily armoured. Yes, absolutely. Um, robbers, Larry Phillips Jr. and Emil Masteranu. It wasn't one a, a crook anyway, a, a, yeah. sorry, a, a criminal anyway. One was a bank robber, wasn't it? I've got the background on him, I'll give yeah. you this. Because, yeah, one was definitely leading the other one. Jimmy, uh, I think, was the. the the the, uh, the criminal element. Larry Phillips, Larry. Oh, Larry's, yeah. Larry, sorry, yeah, Larry. Larry's Larry. the one who proves later on to be a lot more uh, boisterous, <laughs> yes. shall, shall we say. And I, um, it's weird that this relationship crops up again and again because he's very much the leader of this and the guy that's really into it. The other guy's a failed software engineer or something. Yeah. And he's tagging along for the ride to try and make some money, in a way. Yeah. And it's almost like the you know, also related to the Columbine shooters. The one with the dominant personality that followed them, sort yeah, of adoring, yeah. like a puppy in a way. I guess most duos and mm. a lot of relationships, friendships are that way. In a, um, yeah, it was the same with the um, the Beltway murderer. Oh yeah, we covered that, didn't we? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the sniper. Of course, the, uh, the DC sniper. Yeah, yeah, yeah the young lad and, and the older guy, and yeah. he was the dominant force behind it. Yeah. So uh, the basic brief outline, and then we'll get into detail. So. if if you're not familiar with the North Hollywood shootout, is that on the day in question, February 28th, as Ben said, 97, 9.17am, Phillips and Masteranu entered and robbed the North Hollywood Bank of America branch. Uh, they were confronted by LAPD officers when they exited the bank and a shootout between the officers and robbers ensued. The robbers attempted to flee the scene, Phillips on foot and Masterano in their getaway vehicle, while continuing to engage the officers. The shootout continued into a residential street adjacent to the bank until Phillips was mortally wounded. Masterano was incapacitated by officers three blocks away. They are believed to have robbed at least two other banks using similar methods, but we'll get into that a bit later because yeah. they, they did some pretty dodgy shit before this. And it, um, but these, it was like a military position almost. Yeah, oh, it was... They knew what they were doing when it came to robbing a bank. It was planned, man. And But this is just so funny for America. I'll tell you this little bit. So, 
they, they basically they took control of the entire bank by just force, scary force, yeah. just walking in with this kind of firepower and just like... AK-47, there's a hundred drum round magazine. Yeah. Listen to us. And at the time, most officers, patrol officers, only carried 9mm pistols or 38 special revolvers and some patrol cars, if they were lucky, also had a 12-gauge shotgun. I'll let you, if you want, then yeah. go for that. Whereas our boys, Larry and Emil, uh, they came armed with... They came armed with the AK-47. I'll give you a little bit of thing about the AK-47. I yeah. like the AK. Okay. It's um, or the automated Kalashnikov, designed mm. by Mikhail Kalashnikov in 1945. Okay. Uh, it came into service in 1947, so that's where you get the AK-47. Oh. It'll fire 600 rounds a minute. Yeah. Uh, if you just continually feed it. And it will take not only 30 round magazines, but 75 round magazines and 100 round drum magazines. They had the 100 round yeah, model. they had the drums. And they're and practically jam free, aren't they? The well, AK-47 is probably the most reliable rifle in the world. You can mm. bury it in sand for a month, mm. or mud, or whatever. You can bury it in shit for a month. Mm. Dig it up, tap the crap out, clear the fire mechanism, and it'll fire first time every fucking time. That's why it's so popular. That's why guerrilla forces around the yeah. world use it. They're all plus size, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but did I hear, though, that it's fucking about as accurate as... It's not like, the most accurate yeah. weapon in the world. 50 yards, probably. Right. I have fired an AK, and it's going to mm. kick like a fucking horse. Mm. It's a big-ass round 7.62. It is... It's but a rifle... It's rifle caliber. Aren't you meant to fight from the hip, like... Yeah, but you're on the range, you can't do that. You have to yeah. fire from the shoulder, and it hurts like fuck. Mm. But, yeah, um, you fire from the hip, and it's... thing is, you fire... If you fired off that 30-round magazine... Right, mm. you'd be shooting down aircraft by the time that thirty-row magazine yeah. emptied. It just rises. I believe I watched this one doc, this one thing, mm. and it was actually Jeremy Clarkson firing it. Oh, awesome! And he was stood about oh, say twelve feet mm. in front of a transit van sidearm. Yeah, and he let off that two-round burst. Mm. I think he hit the van a couple of times. Yeah, I'd be straight up. But he also yeah. Jeremy Clarkson's like a fifty-year-old van when he's yeah, doing that, and not a a highly fitly tra and trained Russian soldier, but yeah, running, firing at the hip, volume of fire, it's not gonna jam. And Bring the thing on. is, they, it was not just a, any old AK, it was illegally modified, wasn't it, in some way? Or was no, that the other that gun? That was the other one. Right. Um, they also had one M16 Bushmaster rifle, which is the, the classic American uh, military rifle, been in service since the Vietnam War. That's a 5.56, it's a civilian version, it is fully automatic though. Mm. Uh, Civilian version. Yeah. <laughs> just that, and it's, yeah. Yeah. it's just. It's, you, it's not. Apparently, it was the modern hunting rifle thing mm. that the NRA pushed through. <laughs> so before, like a hunting rifle was a bolt-action rifle, yeah. maybe a semi-automatic rifle with the top end. It's then they started bringing in military because people like to own replica military weapons, mm. don't they? So all well, the M16, it's iconic. Loads of Vietnam vets come home. Mm. Like, oh yeah. They start selling them. Oh, I'll buy that. I, you know, I like that gun. Well, they, they didn't like. It. They didn't like it at first. It, kept no. ja it jammed repeatedly. Mm. The, the, basically, the, the the gimmick was that it was Eugene Colt uh, designed the M16, mm. and he is like, oh, it doesn't need cleaning. Mm. Don't need to clean it. it was the, the Colt company? It's, it's, mm. it's a self-cleaning rifle. Mm. Any other rifle, you clean it every day. Gunpowder residue builds up. Mm. All of a sudden, you get a misfire. The damn thing goes off in your hand, mm. and or it jams repeatedly. Right. So, so when they first auditioned them to troops in Vietnam, and they hated it because it was plastic, uh, 
you know, they used to have what they call the M40. It was like a World War Two rifle, seven six two caliber, fully automatic, but looked more like a, a World War Two rifle than the AK. Wooden. Yeah, it was wooden stock and everything, and it only lasted two years. Cause they bought in this M16 because it was lighter and the cheaper probably. Lighter, cheaper. It kept jamming constantly, and lots of people died because of it because their mm. weapons kept jamming. It was. I think it went on for a few months before they, they realised no reggae. Before they realised that they have to start cleaning the fucking things. Like yeah. Hundreds of lives are lost by. It's insane. That have you seen the movie Harry Brown? I haven't. Oh. Michael Caine on the Council yeah. Estate. Yeah, I have seen it, but I was drunk. Iconic. Um, mm. See, because in the modern film or old film. Modern film. He's Not an old. Ago. He's an old man on a. Shitty estate, estate, getting fucked over by chavs, and he and he goes on a bit of a rampage because he's ex forces, yeah. you know. I think he's an ex Royal Marine commander, yeah. isn't he? Something like that. And um, there's this awesome bit, like he tells in the middle of the film a story about like being in the service or something, you know, having to clean your weapon and all that. And uh, anyway, at, at the end, like one of the climax, a guy goes to shoot him, but the fucking gun jams, doesn't it? Yeah. He's like, you failed to maintain your weapon. Yeah. <laughs> Pop. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. See, that's always puzzled me about these like gang, like, especially in Britain, gun crime. Because we're not brought up with guns. No. We have, no. The average man on the street could not unassemble mm. any kind of firearm. I wouldn't know where to start. So no. you, you know, or clean it properly because you have mm. to be taught that. Yeah. So when you get these kids with guns, I've only mm. ever held a gun once, and I was twelve years old. Uh. How insane is that? <laughs> yeah. Now, for for context, for like, because most of our listeners do seem to be in the states. Like, Ben's only been near guns through being in the in the army. Well, the teenage. Well, the reserve. But you know, it's still that's you, was your entry point. That's why you fired. Well, cadets, yeah. I was a cadet as well. Yeah. What age? Thirteen. Uh, thirteen to eighteen. Thirteen to seventeen. Like that. Well, your average person doesn't ever see a real gun really i've seen a shotgun in the countryside ah oh, shit where's it going oh yeah for context so for us hearing about like this list that we get going through now of weapons that these guys were armed up with to me to us these are war machines right they're not fucking something that anyone can go and buy from anywhere unless you've got some I mean, even in this country, if you've got major underground connections, I don't think it's that easy to go and get hold of an AR-15. Like, or, uh, or an AK-47. No, uh, Remember the AK, though? There's like nearly uh, enough AKs in the plant on the world for like half the planet or something like that. This uh, thing's been fucking mass-produced everywhere. Someone's needed a fucking cheap uh, rifle. So it's insane. I'm going to tell you a little story a bit later. We'll get through the guns that, they've, that they had on them. I'm going to tell you a story about these two being arrested and picked up and what they had in their car at a, at a previous... Yeah. And they were let go. Yeah. Uh, well, no, not let go. They, they were able to retrieve their property. Yes. So, yeah, well, so we got, uh, so got, got the, the AK. You got the AKs, two AKs, one M16 uh, Bushmaster, Bushmaster rifle. You got the HK91, which is a Heckler and Cock 91. I thought it was going to be Hunter Killer. No, <laughs> Heckler and Cock are German gun makers. <laughs> they actually make the British Army rifle, you know. Oh. Taking back control. <laughs> Even the guns are German. It's illegally modified to be fully automatic. It's a point three oh eight. It's a that's a big that's a pretty big round and that's uh, that was a uh, version of the German army's G three assault rifle. That's right. a civilian version of that. And these civilians, Larry and Emil, had specifically bought armor piercing rounds, hadn't they? Large yes. rounds. Um, they were um they're steel cord. Mm. 
So you got the lead jacket and then you got a steel core, so they will just punch through cars and body armour. Which is going to be very important to the story later on. And they knew exactly what they did. They knew no fucking police officers. Had body armour uh, to yeah, stop that. All the firepower to fight back. And I won't spoil it up ahead, but later on I'll tell you how many times each of these guys was actually hit in the torso by shotgun and pistols yeah and that's because and they never even they never flinched you're always taught to shoot the center mass of the body so yeah. from the stomach to the neck yeah it's the biggest part of the body you've yeah. got more chance of hitting yeah. it Did always you know, aim for the center mass you know that's why batman wears the bat signal on his chest to draw away from his head ah good he doesn't thinking. want to be getting shot in the head no yeah there you go see that's <sighs> something new every day well batman superman he takes two shots to the back of the head uh, when he's fighting in that warehouse but, at the end, the guy comes up, he's punching some dude, yeah. and this guy comes up behind him and puts two rounds in the back of his head, uh, yeah. but the Both cowl is armoured, yeah. so it's sparks, and he gets up uh, and punches the dude. And, yeah, that's a good scene. Yeah, that is it, that's the best, probably the best scene of that movie, yeah. to be fair. Uh, anyway, they also had two 9mm handguns, which are place standard issue as well, probably, I think they were Berettas, yeah. which is it a says, very popular handgun, the Beretta 9mm. Yeah, it says here, Beretta 92FS, which I guess means 9mm something something. Yeah, it's very really Italian for like... The thing is, a lot of countries in the world have Berettas as their standard mm. military sidearm. When I think of a handgun, that's what I think of. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like, if I'm imagining myself in an action scene and I've got a handgun, it's that one. It's just kind of... You, you know, like, if you think of a dog, it's a, a golden... It's of a Labrador. Yeah, like just that's your standard handgun to me, anyway. Yeah, that, and that comes from watching movies and and also not only were they carrying all this stuff. Oh, hang on, they, they also had a thirty-eight caliber revolver, which is pretty also the same as the police had. Right. So they had backup weapons and then the the three four assault rifles and two backups. And they've, as we say, and we'll get into a bit more detail on it later, but they've essentially constructed for themselves kind of like. Iron Man suits. Yeah. Oh, sorry, uh, uh, 3,000 rounds of ammunition as well. That's, yeah, so over the course yeah. of this shootout, which didn't last oh. that long, three, no, was it three or 2,000 rounds? 2,000, I heard. I two thought days. it was 2,000 rounds fired yeah. by both sides, the police, and, but bear in mind, there was only two fucking robbers and, like, a significant amount of police yeah. firing their, their pew pew. Uh, they, they had 3,000 rounds, yeah. and I remember from my day, uh, a standard load to go into action. Mm. For your standard infantryman, is three hundred to six hundred rounds. Wow! And usually the three hundred are his, and he's carrying three hundred for his machine gunner. Yeah. So. And they've got. And they've got three thousand rounds mm. between the two of them. Mm. And part of that didn't. So uh, I'm going paintballing and buying the fucking extra bullets in it. Like, oh yeah, give us ten thousand rounds. Just ten thousand pellets, mate. And, and you just ah, spray and, and pray. They're able to just yeah spray and pray. That's, I heard on one of the documentaries the uh, one of the officers refer to. That was their um, method of attack. Basically, they weren't. They clearly weren't trained fucking soldiers. Mm. Yes, they'd scouted out the bank and they were good at bank robberies, but they weren't trained uh, military no. men. They, they were spray and pray. Yeah. Yeah. Was it spray and pray? Spray and pray. But if you've got yeah. an AK with a hundred round drum magazine, you ain't yeah. doing nothing else, are you? No. You're looking for volume of fire. Keep their heads down. The thing is, once you get stuck in a situation like this, you can't break that contact. There's more of them than there are of you. Eventually, you're going to run out of ammunition. They're not. Mm. Yeah. So, should we get into who are these pair of fucking iron-clad, uh, machine-gun-wielding fucking lunatics? Some might call them folk heroes, guys. Oh. Like Raoul Moat. Oh, God. <laughs> Sun's out, gun's out. <laughs> Where's Gazza when you need him? <laughs> <laughs> you 
roll what you're doing, man. <laughs> I actually watched Layer Cake last week in my film. Oh, quality film. Oh, it's fucking brilliant. I love the way he delivers that line. It doesn't fucking work like that. <laughs> a million is a million quid. Oh. Oh, five pound a pop. Mm. Oh, it's fucking such a good film. Quality. It is a good film. So Larry, Larry Eugene Phillips Jr., born on September 20th, 1970, and his mate, he's got a hell of a name, old Emil, he was born Decibel Stefan Emilian Emil Masteranu. He was slightly older, although he was the more gullible one, I think, of the two. He was born uh, on July 19th, 1966. They met... Uh, and this is a special place to me. They met at Gold's Gym in Venice, California, Los Angeles. Do you know where it's a special place to me? That's where Hogan started that's, lifting. That's where he was always billed as being from, Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Venice Beach, California. Yes, yeah, so where was he from actually then? Oh, fuck. I'm, uh, somewhere boring and not there, I think. Yeah. Shit, failing on my... Uh, Probably I fucking I, somewhere like Iowa. <laughs> uh, I know where he's fictional... Fictionally from, but I don't know where he's... Sh- I don't think he's from. from. Musty tan dude, yeah. Was, yeah, Venice Beach, California. Farmer's boy from Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Well, they met there at Gold's Gym in 1989. Mutual interest in bodybuilding, weightlifting and firearms. Before meeting Phillips, that's Larry, he was a habitual offender. Yes, he was. He'd uh, done time, hadn't he? Yeah, responsible for multiple real escape scams and counts of shoplifting. And he used to... Uh, it wasn't that sophisticated, but I heard that he would go and look at a property and watch the uh, estate agent, we call them, you call them a realtor, I think, in uh, America. Yeah, or a real estate agent. Yeah, he would watch them type in the code, because these houses would have the keys in a key box. Ah. He'd watch them type in the code, get shown around, memorise the code, go back, steal the key, mm. then pretend to be a real estate agent and just rent it out to somebody, get the deposit and a couple of months' rent and fuck off. Mm. That was his little mm. scam. You'd think he could just become a real estate agent then, wouldn't you? I mean, yeah, he's doing the job did. anyway. Apparently, I think he did try and get his licence or something. There was the, the key with this guy is he did try a couple of things, legitimate things, so did the other one, and ended up being, it just yeah. not working out. And then once they get to prison, mm. once they're fucked, didn't they? So then they, you know, you learn more in prison than they do outside the world. Well, that's it. Well, Emil Mastoranu. I'm going to butcher that name every time I say it, but uh, he was a qualified electrical engineer. Uh, he ran a relatively unsuccessful computer repair business. Well, on um, July 20th, 93, the two of them, they robbed an armoured car outside a branch of First Bank in Littleton, Colorado. On October 29th, they were arrested in Glendale, northeast of LA, for speeding. A subsequent search of their vehicle, <laughs> after <laughs> Phillips surrendered, with a concealed weapon, found two semi-automatic rifles, two handguns, more than 1,600 rounds of 7.62 rifle ammunition, 1,200 rounds of 9x19mm parabellum and handgun oh, ammunition. Parabellum. Radio scanners. What's parabellum? Parabellum are, they will, they're 9mm rounds, but they're hollow tipped. They tend to just uh, flatten out as they hit you, so they're more lethal. Splody. And they'll go through uh, body armour as well. Mm-hmm. They're known as cop killers. But Parabellum is from Latin. It comes from a quote which I can't fully remember, but it's if you want peace, prepare for war. Parabellum is the prepare mm-hmm. for war bit. Uh, They've right. got a pretty cool fucking name, to be fair. It is. But they also had, so all that fucking ammo, if that's not dodgy enough. 
this is where it sounds like Batman got pulled over, radio scanners, smoke bombs, improvised explosive devices, body armour vests and three different California licence plates. And a Batsuit. <laughs> Initially charged with conspiracy to commit robbery, you think? What else were they fucking up to? We're going paintballing. Um, both served 100 days in jail and were placed on three years probation. After their release, most of their seized property was returned to them. Except for the confiscated explosives. On July 14th... Explosives alone would raise an eyebrow, surely. I mean, come on. It's not really illegal to make your own bombs. Yeah, the guns, you can go, well, all right, the sentences may be... Because it was America and they were allowed to own ridiculous amounts. I don't know what the laws are like where they got arrested. But if they just said they were out of state and they didn't know, maybe they could have... But the average person has got seven guns if they're a gun owner. Well... But only something like 20-odd percent of people carry guns. That depends on state law as well, because sometimes you can open carry, you can conceal mm. carry, you can't carry. Mm. Different laws, different most, states, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but most people in America do not own guns. It's all in the hands of like 20-odd percent, and they own like seven each. That's why there's so many. Yeah. Well, these two were let out, and it didn't take them long. On June 14th, 95, they ambushed a Brinks armoured car in uh, Win- Winnetar, Win- yeah, that place, killing one guard, Mr Herman Cook, oh, and seriously wounding another. Then on May, 19- in May 1996, they robbed two branches of Bank of America in the San Fernando Valley area of Los Angeles, stealing approximately $1.5 million. Phillips and Masteranu were dubbed the High Incident Bandits by investigators due to the weaponry they had used in three robberies prior to the attempt in North Hollywood. See, what gets me is if they stole a lot of money. Yeah. Just wouldn't you get that 1.5 mil or that 2 mil? Just fucking That's hop the, the board. Greed, and... the power of the almighty once, Yankee dollar. Once I've got that $1 million, I'm fucking I'm out. I'm down to Mexico. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. We've I'm, done well here. Yeah, we've got a million dollars. That'll yeah. last us the rest of our fucking lives in yeah. Mexico. Plus, we got, we fucking killed someone last time. Yeah. So, oh, come on. Yeah. It's going to be a bit hot, isn't it? Let's, uh, but no, the opposite's happened. They are gaining, or one of them, I guess. Because that's my, I'm with you. I think the, the Larry guy was definitely the more... I think he uh, kind of, um, spoiler alert, I think uh, he kind of wanted to go out like this. Yeah, maybe. He yeah, certainly... Probably. He certainly accepted it towards the end. I mean, he had the, it's got to uh, be self-destruction. Yeah. Yeah. They had the fascination. Yeah. Mm. You've got to be desperate. But yeah. they're not desperate, that's the thing. I think they've got the 1.5. They've got, they've got one put, and I think when they the police did find where they lived, they had something mm. like $775,000. Yeah. And then that's what they see. Maybe never the enough. See, I'm with you. Use that to set up a legitimate business, a mm. good one, this time. Let's, you know, use this money wisely and we'll, we'll have an income for... The, as long as we run the business. Do you want to Mexico a la fucking dust till dawn without the vampire titty bar? Yeah. Give you money, give some money to fucking some Mexican drug lord and I'll set you up with a villa and a fucking life of luxury. Uh, no, uh-huh. you're not going to a Mexican drug lord. No, I'm just going to try and that's, go straight. That's for trouble, well, you know, that, that, you know, dust till no. dawn, but they have to give so much of a sense to that guy and he sets him up with a villa just, and all that. You just... You go to someone like that, don't you? You get the money. It's Mexico, though, you just go out there and you just... Bunga an official a bit of money. Yeah, whatever. To, to change his name on the paperwork or whatever. Yeah, there you go. Boom. Either way, you fucking got 1.5 million in the fucking trunk of the car. Yeah, I'm with you, yeah. Well, 
Just leave it to drug lords. You're right, yeah, fair enough. for trouble. <laughs> yeah, but you've also got 3,000 rounds of ammunition and shit to the weapons. <laughs> Alright, we'll sell your weapons to the drug lords. <laughs> no, that's not a good idea. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> Don't make him more heavily armed. <laughs> He's probably going to siphon off most of your money as well, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Just take it from you. <laughs> Yeah, but at least have a few years, eh? I was just thinking, like, setting up a donut shop or something, do you know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Something normal. Oh, okay. Car wash. Fair enough. I was just thinking of a villa, a pool. Yeah, but if you, you know, do it... Wait, I was straight. No, no, I'd just go straight. Go I'd go straight. Side, I'd I'd go just go live a life of luxury. I've got yeah, but then in America, got yeah. games. I, don't, I don't know what it's like, but, I mean... Mm. If you just turn up with all that money. Yeah, someone's going to say, where you get that money from? I'd say... Everything's got, like... I'd say, my two mates, Smith and Wesson... <laughs> in Western. But in Mexico, in Mexico, it's I'm sure the laws are a bit mm. well, less strict. Funny enough, layer cake. Once you say these years ago, people were trying to get so hard to get money out of banks. These mm. days, the problem is trying to get it in. Yeah. And I've been had the problem in Scarface. That's when they got that dodgy bank and they just turned mm. up with sacks of money. Yeah. All, all, all good masters have money in banks now. Bank. It's all done on the computer. Well, that's it. But you still mm. got to put some, You still got to have the currency yeah. for them to put it onto the computer, haven't they? Yeah, you'd have a bit in there, but you wouldn't have much, would you? I'd just fucking pay cash. You man. wouldn't have millions. I'd just keep it in a few shoeboxes under the bed. Yeah. Fuck it. I mean, you'd probably have to launder that money, wouldn't you? Because yeah. of serial numbers and shit. When you sort of do stuff with your own business, so you can siphon that thing, money yeah, in yeah. slowly, can't you? Well, they never got to do that. They could have if they'd have walked away then. Yeah. Uh, the high incident bandits but instead on the morning of February 28th 1997 after months of preparation including extensive reconnaissance of their intended target the Bank of America branch located at 666 fuck me man (laughs) it's in Laurel Canyon (laughs) Phillips and Masterano armed themselves with uh, all the weapons we mentioned earlier they filled a jam jar with gasoline and placed it in the back seat with the intention of setting the car and the weapons on fire to destroy the evidence after the robbery. Now, this is the key part now, and this is the bit that I like, you know, because it's just fair, you know, nobody died, so, you know, we can, I'm not well, <laughs> trying to not. turn them into heroes, like, but basically they were, um, they were wearing, well, Phillips, he was the more sensible one, Larry. Yeah. He wore roughly 40 pounds, which is 18 kilograms of equipment, including a Type 3A bulletproof vest and groin guard. Always a, have the groin guard. Uh, a load, Always focus extra for that groin guard. <laughs> a load-bearing vest, multiple uh, military canteen pouches for ammunition storage, several pieces of homemade body armour created from spare vests covering his shins, thighs and forearms. Now, he also, I saw in the documentary, like, literally stitched Kevlar and stuff together. Yeah. Like, so there weren't gaps, like, you couldn't, you know, aim for a gap in the shoulder. Like, he was... Oh, yeah, yeah. He was pretty well covered, and they put extra breastplates. Yeah, I can tell you a bit of the Kevlar, if um, you want. Yeah. You've got two types of Kevlar. Mm-hmm. You've got soft vests, which are still many layers of woven materials. mm and they're resistant to slashes and stabs from knives. That's what our police in Britain wear, and mm. probably not much different from the American police at this time were wearing. Mm. Just a lightweight sort of stab vest in a way. Yeah. Well, it'll stop like a certain. It'll size. probably stop a nine millimeter round. Yeah. If you, yeah, but, but, but once distance. that nine millimeter has hit you once, the yeah. vest's pretty much fucking useless. Right. 
that's sort of worn by police and civilians and security guards and bodyguards, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And then you get hard vests, and that's massive, thicker, mm-hmm. harder, bulletproof uh, materials uh, woven together. And you get ballistic plates for that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you're putting steel plates behind, and that's behind the did. Kevlar. Yeah. And they put extra, apparently, didn't they? They put Yeah, they were putting uh, extra stuff in. Uh, the rubbers, I, I mean... And I was yeah. impressed. I didn't realise till one of the things I was watching that the way Kevlar worked, like it literally is a material. I had no. I just never thought of it. I think I'd assumed it was a solid, you know, a type of metal or something like. But yeah, it literally is. The construction of the fabric is so good that it yeah. just absorbs mm. it's impact, um, yeah. doesn't it? It mushrooms the bullet, mm. so it just flattens it on impact. But the problem is, because that bullet's still coming at you at incredibly high velocity. Yeah. It will give Still you a very nasty hurts. bruise and possibly... Put, if, you, if you're wearing a, a sort of standard military vest, mm. heavy vest with the ballistic plates and you got hit by a 7.62 round, that'll mm. still put you on your arse. Yeah. It's a you know, square on impact mm. in the chest, hits the ballistic plate, you're still on your arse and you've got a fucking bruise. Your entire chest uh, is bruised. A lot of energy coming with bullets, remember? They're going at like fucking... so many thousand feet per second, some of them. Mm. So... You know, you know, the vest will stop the bullet, but these guys are getting shot a lot. These are reinforced to shit, weren't yeah, they? They yeah. were better than the fucking military have got. Yeah, it's not like this guy just threw on a bulletproof vest. Mm. He fucking stitched together. A, he really put some thought into this. I don't think they did much to cover their heads, though, did no, they? No, they just had the yeah, balaclavas on. Mask. But the, um, it was uh, Aramid, was uh, mm. some of the material in there, which is like the top-of-the-line Kevlar stuff. Well, you can afford that shit when you've robbed 1.5 fucking million. Oh, yeah. Is it 18 kilograms? That's that's, a sizable weight to be carrying around on top of you. That's what Larry put on himself. Have you got a bit more on Kevlar? No, I think we're we're good. Basically, that's pretty much it. So that's what the sensible one, Larry, did. His mate, Emil, and apparently it was because he was a bit larger, a larger gentleman. Yeah. Um, it, it was just too much for him to have it on his... He didn't do his bottom half, basically. No. He copied his mate and did the top half mm. with the extra plates behind... breastplates behind the um, the vest. But he didn't do his, his bottom half. He did do to his, his thighs, I think, was, or um, was it just the entire bottom half? No, I think all he did was he, he put in the trauma plate to protect vital organs. Oh, and also they had, they'd sewn a watch into the back... That's both, right, back yeah. Of their gloves, each, both of yeah. them had done that. So that was their technique, it. it was eight minutes. Yeah. So they, as soon as they entered the bank, stopwatch mm. on, do your routine, you've then got eight minutes for the police first responders to turn up. And but this, they got unlucky, didn't they? Yeah, and I also think this is key, possibly, to what transpired, is so they get tooled up in all their gear, Yeah. and then they take a substance, barbiturate phenob... Phenobarbital, phenobarbital, which had been prescribed to Masterano as a sedative, and they took a big old fucking whack. You don't want to be doing that. No, it was to calm them. It was to calm them down because basically their heart rate Mm. would have been. I think they would have been slightly dazed, kind of detached. You're in the California heat. Chilled down. You've got 18 kilograms of body armor yeah, on you. Yeah, I think it was... A... You're sweating your nuts off. Your heart rate's going to the fucking roof. You're ready to rob a bank. It's stressful. Yeah, they would have been lit... And, and you I may... know, I think I'd want the opposite. I'd want speed or something. No, nah, because then you're going to be making rash, bad decisions, I think. 
Maybe. Uh, you wouldn't be taking cocaine, would you? <laughs> yeah, I don't think cocaine and bank robberies go that far. Put the money in the bank, okay. <laughs> oh. What did you shoot a fucking head off for? <laughs> we have to wait for her to get to the fucking vault, mate. <laughs> oh, can we call up a prisoner? Of course we can. Thank you. Okay, we're back. So, we're up. The morning in question, then. Um, our two mates, our two geezers, Larry and Emil, they're driving a white 1987 Chevrolet Celebrity. Ooh, uh, and they arrived <laughs> at the Bank of America, uh, branch office of the Bank of America, blah, 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 at the intersection of Laurel Canyon Boulevard and Archwood Street in North Hollywood at 9.17, and they set their watch alarms for eight minutes. The police response time, which was the police response time which they had estimated. To come up with this time frame, Phillips had used a radio scanner to monitor police transmissions prior to the robbery. Oh, clever. That oh, is quite clever, isn't it? Yeah. Listen out for robberies, so long, yeah, write it yeah. down. Good thinking. As the two were walking in, remember that they're, they're fucking armoured up to the eyeballs, carrying all this equipment, they were spotted, just happened to be spotted, this is very unlucky for them, by two LAP, LAPD officers, Lauren Farrell and Martin Perello who were driving down Laurel Canyon in a patrol car. Officer Pirello issued a call on the radio. 15A43 requesting assistance. We have a possible 211 in progress at the Bank of America. 211 is the code for robbery. So they entered the bank, each armed with a... Well, the, the AKs, the drum mags. Yeah, it says a Norinco Type 56 S1 rifle. I don't yeah. know. Anyway, this, it could be... Inaccurate. They forced a customer, leaving the ATM lobby near the entrance into the bank onto the floor. A security guard inside saw the scuffle and the heavily armed robbers and... Oh, hang on, he saw them. He saw the scuffle and then he radioed his partner in the parking lot to call the police. The call was not received. Philip shouted, this is a fucking hold-up, before he and uh, Emil opened fire into the ceiling in an attempt to scare the approximately 30 bank staff and customers uh, and to discourage resistance. Phillips shot open the bulletproof door. It was designed to resist only low velocity rounds and gain access to the tellers and the vault. That's a, it's one way to do it, isn't it? Yeah. Just, I don't need your keys. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, why that shotgun attachment sometimes they have under assault rifles. It's called the master key. Oh, to get through doors. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> awesome. I like that. So this is pretty... Imagine you're in the bank minding your business. This is quite terrifying, though, isn't it? Like, yeah. Screaming, shouting, firing automatic weapons, which I imagine in the lobby of the bank sounded pretty loud. They're very yeah, loud. They're very loud. Um, the AK's a fucking loud weapon. Yeah. And I remember from one of the documentaries we watched that they were he was screaming, Larry, at people, if you don't fucking look at me, I'll fucking kill you. Don't fucking look at me. So people are face down. So... They forced the assistant manager, John Vilgrania, to open the vault. John obliged and began to fill the robber's money bag. However, due to a change in the bank's delivery schedule, the vault contained significantly less than the $750,000 the gunman had expected. Phillips, enraged at this development, argued with John and demanded more. In an apparent show of frustration... Phillips then fired a full drum magazine of 75 rounds into the bank's safe, 
destroying much of the remaining money. Oh. Oh, what a fucking like. Oh. I'm so angry that there isn't as much money as I expected there to be, so I'm gonna fucking destroy the money that is here. Idiot. Fucking. I mean, that, that just shows you the level of. I mean, plus, oh, okay, tensions are gonna be running high. Your adrenaline, even, even after taking that fucking uh, mm. barbiturate. You're still gonna be fucking spiking on adrenaline. You're gonna be fight or flight at that point. It's yeah. pretty. Yeah. Ah! It's I'm gonna, pretty I'm gonna angry. fucking hundred rounds in this fucking magazine. I've got AK-47. Fucking up. Phillips. He then attempted to open the bank's ATM machine, but due to a change in policies, the bank manager, the branch manager, sorry, no longer had access to the money inside. Before leaving, the robbers locked the hostages in the bank vault. In the end, the two left with $303,305 and three die packs, which later went off, ruining the money they stole. Oh, <laughs> oh. I hate them die packs. It's really oh, underhanded. Mm. Uh, I saw. I mean, I appreciate them. They're a great idea. Hey, you've got the money, fuck you, it's useless. Uh, but still, it's like, oh, come on. They've done the hard work. Let them have it now. I was a kid <laughs> once. Uh, yeah, we were all kids once, sorry, that's a shit way to start a story. But once, I remember when I was yeah. a kid. <laughs> once when I was a kid, outside our big Tesco in Telford where we live, uh, it was quite new, it hadn't been there long, because yeah. uh, I, I was quite young, still at school, I'm certain, and I was sat in my mum's car waiting for it, and I saw the, um, the cash delivery man drop a cash box, uh, oh. and just dropping it was enough to set off and it came out, he had green fucking ink all oh, like, wow. up his arm, his shirt, and I imagine the money inside. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they must have insurance to cover that sort of thing, but I remember the look on his face and just... And I have to think back to that, well, well, you know, you have to ring your boss and tell them that. Yeah, just picked up 250000 from Tesco. Uh, from Tesco. Uh, I haven't lost it, nobody's mm -hmm. nicked it, but I did drop it and it did go off. And yeah, he was plastered all up his arm, man, just from dropping it. They mm. must have... Shot proof, like, yeah, yeah. You know. that was like a dodgy pack that was a bit sensitive, maybe. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I bet you got fucking, I bet you got a warning for that. Uh, well, it doesn't cost much to replace any paper. Well, you know, yeah. but you still owe you owe Tesco, um, yeah. which was in that. Yeah, that's not coming out your company account, though, isn't it? It's your company's got to cover that. Yeah, but you just you, drives your insurance sure policy you, up. It will, yeah, 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 that's true. I know what you're saying, Mike, but if you're Mr. Security Corps, you can't just suddenly go, oh, print me another. You, you're not in that position, are you, to be printing money? But anyway, so yeah, the die packs went off and they were fucked. And now this is where things get interesting. Because the boys come outside. The first responding officers obviously have heard the gunfire from inside the bank and they've made another radio call and there are additional units taking cover. Now imagine being the police, you're nice and hunkered down behind your patrol car. Which is usually fine. Yeah, you're probably thinking, I'm all right here. Yeah. I can lean up over the top, pop a few off. We'll get these silly cunts. Look at them just walking out here, bold yeah. as Billy Brass. <laughs> then, not only automatic gunfire and you think, oh shit, but then the rounds start coming through your fucking patrol yeah. car, right? And they said, one of the dudes said in the um, documentary, which you don't think of really, like, they weren't just being hit by bullets, they were being hit by asphalt, yeah, yeah, From of course. the rounds hitting the ground, shards of glass, bits of the car from where the yeah, bullets were going yeah, all the way yeah, through. Like, they were just being rained on with shit. Uh, this, this is like, this is 9.24, so this is only like seven minutes after they fucking started. Uh, and they come out the, nor the, the north doorway after spotting a police cruiser 
60 metres away, 200 feet, uh, they just open fire for several minutes. Well, okay, they might hit it a couple uh, of times. Wounding seven officers <laughs> and three civilians. Larry also fired at an LAPD-owned helicopter surveying from above, forcing it to retreat to a safer distance. He briefly retreated inside, then re-emerged back through the same door. Probably to reload. While um, Emil exited through the south door. They then began to engage the officers, firing sporadic bursts into the patrol cars that had been positioned on Laurel Canyon in front of the bank. Officers, armed only with standard Beretta 9mm, Smith & Wesson Model 38 calibre revolvers and 12-gauge shotguns, immediately returned fire. The officers' weaponry could not penetrate the body armour wore by Larry and Emil. It was basically like fucking bee stings. It was just... Yeah, bouncing off them. I mean, they might have been feeling it underneath, but the the adrenaline, the drug, yeah, the fight or flight, they they didn't flinch. They, nobody, they didn't nobody took a knee. Nobody went down. It was just. I mean, you know, the one did we say earlier? Was it off air where the one guy mm. took a twelve gauge shotgun blast to his yeah. torso? It's aimed for the centre mass. Yeah. He just flinched a little bit, turned around, returned fire. Yeah, and I mean, it's a twelve gauge shotgun for fuck's sake. Like it's nothing. So imagine what you're thinking as yeah. that officer, like, oh, I've got him. Bang, perfect shot, just like a practice, on the range. What? You just turns around. He didn't even flinch. Laughs at you, effectively, yeah. fires a fucking burst at you. And then there, there's a, um, it's like a locksmith's kiosk, right opposite the bank. Yeah. A little flimsy kind of building that the business has run out of, but you'd think, maybe... It's just corrugated steel, though, and it's corrugated, you know. Mm, might be, provide a good cover, but it, it fucking didn't. Um, Any other circumstances, but he would have. Yeah. So, most of the uh, service pistols, as we've covered, they had insufficient range and poor accuracy at long distance, that's the other thing. Like, yeah, pistols uh, only good about 20, 25 metres tops, mm -hmm. and you're looking at 15 for effective range. 15 metres is the effective range of a pistol. 20, 25 metres tops, if you're shit up with it. Mm. Which, I'd imagine, your average LAPD guy isn't an expert marksman with a pistol no, at 25 I mean, metres. I don't know how much time they go. There's probably some that practice a lot more than others. But so, uh, apparently, about 15 minutes into the shootout, uh, one of the officers was heard over the radio saying, quote, Do not stop the getaway vehicle. They've got automatic weapons. There's nothing we have that can stop them. <laughs> Additionally, the officers were pinned down by the heavy spray of gunfire, making it difficult to attempt a headshot. So it's not as if they, you could just position yourself nice take and that nice, yeah, yeah. take your time on top of it the, because they're just fucking spraying the area and it's it's yeah. a shit show. I mean, it's got to be terrifying at this point when you realise yeah. it's armour piercing rounds. Yeah, it's going through your body armour yeah. like a knife through butter. And There's people two, getting fucking wounded who are yeah. sat behind the You're sat behind Civilians the Civilians are getting two, fucking that, that one civilian gets shot to the side, yeah. doesn't he? The other one gets shot to the ankle. Yeah, it bounces up and gets her ankle. Like um, a fucking war zone, isn't it? Well, yeah, yeah I mean, that's the best way to describe it. It's a war zone. Absolutely terrifying. Like, what the fuck do we do? Obviously, I mean, they want SWAT, but there's a lot of confusion. Imagine being also a person I really feel sorry for as well. Is um, She didn't get physically hurt, but what a hell of a job the dispatch officer yeah, dealing yeah, yeah. with all these fucking... I know there's more than one, but dealing with all these fucking reports from various officers. Because one guy... I've, I've, I might have his name in here somewhere, but he crawled off to, like, he made it to a tree, but it was so gutting for him. He's run into the tree and grabbed onto it as he got to it to swing himself behind it, but his momentum took him all the way out to the other side yeah. of the tree, where 
he got shot again because he was completely open. Yeah, yeah. And he lay there, and you can hear him on the radio talking about how he's losing conscious. Mm. And his partner, who's in the police, was listening to this. Yes, 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 yes. Right. His girlfriend, yeah. And nobody could get to him. They're just pinned down, completely pinned down. Like, yeah. um, And there's no point sending... You're just sending more officers in yeah. with the same... They're just turning up with the same yeah, a, pistol and shotgun it's a, combo. Yeah, it's, and, it's way to fire, but it's like doing anything. I mean, yeah, you... They're still putting more rounds downrange than you are because they've got 100-round drum magazines and AK-47s. Yeah, and uh, you can see all this. This is the point now where the footage comes in. You can watch all this on YouTube. from the, And apparently at the time, everyone was watching this live uh, mm. on the news in America. Like. So you can just literally see them not giving a fuck. They, they are two men who know they can't get hurt at yeah. this point. But yeah. also they know they can't escape. Yeah, well, one of them's trying still, Emil. He gets to the motor. He gets to the, the white Chevrolet. And Larry doesn't get in. No. Larry walks alongside it, still engaging the police. And then they split up, don't they? Yeah. But he's got the better armour, hasn't he? Mm. Larry's got the this better armour. Yeah. He knows he can take more punishment than Emil can. Yeah. Is it a case of, right, if we split up, maybe they can't follow us both, we get back to the hideout? But there's choppers. Mm. In this scenario, they must know they're fucked. They cannot lose the police mm. in this scenario. It's not Bonnie and Clyde where they jump in the car and fire off down a country lane. They're in the it's middle of a city. It's not a weapon film where you have a car chase. <laughs> they're in the middle of a city, uh, and also remember the police... The tyres are gone. Yeah, shot yeah, the tyres out. out. So he can't drive that fast. Larry's walking alongside... Emil's driving. He's still got the ammunition, though, remember? so Yeah, that's all. That stuff's in the car. Now, I agree with what you said. I think we talked about it off mic. That I think around this point... I think Larry thought they were going to get away with it. But yeah. I think around this point, he thought, fuck it, I'm not getting out of this. So I'm going out Yeah, in a blaze of fucking glory. He's not the biggest fan <coughs> of the uh, authorities and the police anyway. No. And yeah, well, you can see from his behaviour, he's just determined to take out... Because yeah. he doesn't know he's only wounding people. It's a fucking yeah. miracle none of these officers That's it, were yeah. fucking killed. But as far as he's concerned, he's fucking mowing down police, fucking mm. killing He loves people. it. Yeah. He's loving it. He's really got a stiffy. Mm, really. Last stand, isn't it? Mm -hmm. and, this is, and they're still fucking waiting for the SWAT. Um, yeah, I thought SWAT's response time was fucking awful. It was a bit. They basically waited, though. Well, maybe I don't know how it well, worked. This is a 44-minute shootout, mm. wasn't it? Oh, I mean, no, I don't, I don't... Yeah, 44 minutes. 44 minutes shootout. SWAT don't show up for, like, 25 minutes. Well, SWAT ended it, didn't they? So I think they arrived slightly before the yeah, end well, of the they turn, they, they turn up at 25 minutes, 30 mm. minutes in. Then they have to formulate a plan, because they need to get... The, the first priority is to get that wounded officer out who's yeah. lying on the ground. And he, I think he lost something, like, he lost... He didn't say an exact figure in the documentary, but he'd mm. lost several pints of blood. So let's say he's lost three, at least. He's been hit. Couple of times, and he got hit. He shattered his femur, if I'm right. Yeah, completely. So shattered. his femur artery's fucking gone. Mm. He's gonna go yeah. if he, they don't get to him. He's been there a while. He's, let's say he's lost three, four pints of blood. He's fucking. He's bleeding out big time. It's not looking good for Priority him. Priority is to get mm. him out. So they have to formulate a plan. Fortunately, the fucking band delivery armored truck rocks up at this point. At that point, isn't it? Yeah. The armored truck that's. Designed to come and get the fucking the money at the bank, deliver the money to the bank. Rocks the, <laughs> right. The fantastic. Okay. We've now got an armored yeah. truck. Oh, I've got the oh. I've got the time here actually. So 
After the LAPD radio operators received the second officer down call from police at the scene, a tactical alert was issued. The SWAT team arrived 18 minutes after the shooting had begun. They were armed with AR-15s and wore running shoes and shorts under their body armour as they had been on, ex on an exercise run when <laughs> well, they received the call. Actually, that explains. I was watching mm. the footage and I was like... Why is that SWAT guy in shorts? <laughs> he's got he's he's swatted from the, mm. the waist up. He's got the black shirt and the and the and the body vest and the helmet and the goggles and everything. Mm. And he's got the assault boots on, but he's in these shorts. I was thinking, <laughs> why is he wearing shorts? This is fucking it's Billy just, Big Bollocks. Yeah. <laughs> but they had the AR-15, mm. which is a, a, a civilian version of the the military M16, and that does go full that goes full automatic without being modified. Right. It's got selective fire, and that's a five-five-six round. That's the NATO standard round. Everyone in NATO uses five-five-six, yeah. but still not against this sort of armor. It's ruining the armor, but it's causing some them mm. some massive blunt force trauma, I'd imagine. But it's probably not going through. But five-five-six is what they call a tumbler. Mm. It hits you. It mushrooms, and instead of going out the other side like a seven-six-two would, leaving mm. a Oh, okay. If you get hit by a 7.62 round, it's leaving a nice little entry hole where it goes in, uh, and when it comes at the back of you, it's the size of your hole. fist. Yeah. Right? Now, you get hit by a 5.56, it may not necessarily come out of you. Mm. It'll hit bone, it'll impact, it'll fragment, uh, it'll then travel throughout your body. It puts you down, it'll probably it'll kill you, but... Hits vital organs. It hits it vital organs, but centre mass, hits the rib cage. Yeah, you're shredding them nicely down there. They're down. They ain't getting back up again. Uh, well, they were. Sh um, this is just two officers here. Detective Bancroft fired 17 rounds, and Detective Harley fired approximately 15 to 24 rounds at Phillips from a distance of approximately 55 feet. After Larry backed the Chevrolet. Oh no! After Emil backed the Chevrolet. The Chevrolet out of the handicap space. <laughs> the bastards even parked yeah. in the handicap space. That's clever. Uh, it's more convenient for you. It's the closest yeah. one to the bank. Yeah, and they probably knew that they'd be handicapped uh, at some point. But this <laughs> is an important detail that I missed out before we move on to the SWAT team and what they got up to. You can see this on the helicopter news footage. That it's likely that Larry received a gunshot wound to his left hand and that will come into play later on. So the SWAT team turn up. They... you touched on it earlier they think i they do what i think is a, a fucking awesome rescue uh, like a movie yeah one of the bank cars happens to turn up armored fucking vehicle and they commandeer it yeah which is just awesome yeah <laughs> we're taking this van yeah we're having full this. of money and we're driving we're into a shootout <laughs> yeah you know some of them swap officers oh, on yeah. the back had the peace of mind to stuff yeah. their fucking, stuff their running shorts i mean allegedly <laughs> of course but they come hey, on you're bulging down there perks of the job man <laughs> <laughs> you just got dollar bills stuffed down your running shorts <laughs> this massive bulger in your crotch <laughs> Madonna Bill's hanging out. You're right there, yeah. And then one of the dye packs pops and it spurts all over. His dick's got bright green for six months. But they're basically going to use this as a makeshift, like, uh, they're going to go it's pick up all the wounded. APC, yeah, 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 fucking dive in, get all the wounded officers in and fucking haul ass out of there which I think was good thinking on the fly yeah that was well that um, was the first priority wasn't it you've got mm. to get to that guy who's lost three, three yeah. four pints of yeah. blood 
Because he had Definitely. that much longer. Yeah. Then that civilian who's been shot on the side, the yeah. one who's been shot on the ankle. The one copper had two in the back. I think yeah. he came through the car. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he was, he was actually back. shielding a, a female detective, I think. Yeah, because they didn't yeah. have any body armour at all. They no. were just like plain clothes officers, and he was being, you know, a bit of a hero and mm. trying to keep them covered, and fucking shots coming through the fucking car, which to me is. I think it was through the oh, kiosk, actually. He was through the oh, kiosk. Yeah, yeah, you might be right there. And uh, he just kind of shielded her. She, I think she took a glancing shot to the leg or something mm. like that. And he shielded her, and he was getting shot in the it's back. It's amazing no one died. It's yeah. a miracle no one fucking died, man. Anyway, so whilst in the parking lot, Emil was shot twice in the right buttock and the left forearm, forcing him to abandon his duffel bag of money, enter the getaway vehicle and start the engine. Larry retrieved the HK-91 from the open trunk and continued firing upon officers whilst, oh yeah, we could, whilst walking alongside the, uh, the car, using it for cover. As Larry approached the passenger side of the getaway vehicle, he was hit in the shoulder and his rifle was struck in the receiver and magazine by bullets fired by police. After firing a few more shots with one arm, Phillips discarded the HK-91 and retrieved the AK thingy. AK-47. Yeah, for exiting the parking lot and retreating onto the street while Emil drove down the road in his fucked up, battered Chevrolet, Chevrolet with no fucking tires, tires and yeah. shot to shit. So we're at 9.52 now. Larry turned east onto Archwood Street, took cover behind a parked semi-truck, where he continued to fire at the officers until his rifle jammed. You got a stovepipe. Uh, yeah. Uh, we mentioned earlier getting shot in the hand. Yeah. Um, uh, me and Ben were talking off mic. Was that off mic or yeah, on mic? I think it was off. I can't remember. Yeah. But anyway, th those guns are really, really hard to jam. But oh, we've you move, it, that, yeah. move yeah. it around the wrong angle, gravity. Yeah. And yeah. all he had to do, apparently, Mike, mm -hmm. was so, to try and paint a visual picture for the listener that it's basically an empty shell sticking horizontally out of, what would you call it, the chamber? The, 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 um, it's the breech. Right. So, and all he had to do, a simple technique with his other hand, just brush mm. down the side of the oh. gun in a downward motion. and it Or, would or even push. just turn the weapon to its side, yeah. give it a smack, Whack it. and that'll Dislodge free it. that, um, and the breech will go, the breech block will go forward again, load the next round. But his hand was all fucked up, oh, so he couldn't do, couldn't it. do it. So he was forced to chuck, finally, all his automatic weapons are gone, gone, and he has to pull out his last remaining gun, which is only the same as what they've got. It's a, Nine millimetre. Yeah, you seen didn't you? Yeah, now this it's is a bit... Secondary weapon. The bit I referred to at the start, where I said I watched it over and over, it's, I don't... I cannot stand gore, and I don't like violent videos. It's just because this was shot from enough distance, there isn't any gore. Yeah. And it's just crazy to see a man... First, the gun shot out of his hand, isn't it? He's mm. hit again, and he drops mm. the pistol. And there's officers bearing down on him. They know he's got... That's all he's got is a pistol now. Yeah. You see him. They're getting close enough for the yeah, headshot as well. Yeah, remember? and the and the this is all filmed from the the newscopter, and then you see him from behind and from above. Kind of the angle is he, the gun's out of his hand. He bends down to get it. You see him pop it straight under his chin. Yeah. You see the the smoke of the gunshot. His head snap a little bit, and then yeah, he just drops the floor. Drops like exactly how you'd imagine it, and then apparently he was hit. With a shot from the police that severed his um, spinal his column. Spinal column. So he was even if you know it had gone through his head and not killed him, he was. He, they got him. Yeah, in the and apparently they they fired quite a few into him while he. Yeah, was you can there. see you can see him sort yeah. of like the body yeah. just sort of jerking as bullets yeah. have been fired at him. 
Well, you got to make sure, really I suppose, he's armed and dangerous. Well, he? Yours, yeah. Yeah. the thing is, you also don't know, because he's so bulky, could he, could he have had an explosive vest? Could have done. Mm. And the best way to stop someone detonating an explosive vest, you fire until they can't move. Yeah. Now, the other geezer, who was less armoured, actually lasted quite a bit longer, and he's now made it a bit away from the bank, but his car's fucked. It's been shot up quite a bit, so he's going to try and commandeer another vehicle. He was actually hit in the chest a direct hit from one of the SWAT officers. You was, yeah. his fucking vest took it, mm. man. With the uh, with Fuck the M with the AR fifteen yeah. as well, which is the basically the M sixteen rifle for SWAT. So even when the big boys have turned up with their big guns, it's still like if you don't get them in the right place, we're not going to put this fucker yeah. down. Yeah. He tries to carjack, doesn't he? Yeah. He, he, um, it's a red. Is it a red truck? He gets. Yeah. yeah. But he can't get it fucking started. So like, and it's crazy on the footage because. They're not far away from each other, mm. and he just starts firing at him again from that yeah. really close range. Just and you can see the automatic fire, and like the SWAT guys are pinned down behind the car, and then they get the brainwave, don't they? That yeah. hey, his, his legs, his legs are, are unarmed. Mm. Let's shoot under it. So I assume they must have shot under they, they, their vehicle, yeah, under they, his they vehicle. They went, they went prone. Yeah, lay on the side, started firing. Yeah, shot his legs out from under him, basically. Good. I shit. think he was hit uh, twenty-nine times. <laughs> Oh. And because because he was leaning over the car bonnet firing, yeah. it took it took twenty nine shots to bring his his legs out from under him, because he's leaning on the car bonnet, his legs aren't supporting him. Yeah. So until they really, it's the, the impact of the bullets basically knocks his legs out from under him, and he slumps off the car. Uh, well, seconds after he dropped, officers rushed him to pin him down. As he was being cuffed, SWAT officers asked for his name, to which he replied, Pete. When asked if there were any more suspects, he reportedly retorted, Fuck you, shoot me in the head. The LAPD did not allow Emil to receive medical attention. That's a bit of a problem with... Now, yeah. They let him bleed out in the street, basically, but their reasoning for this is that apparently it's standard procedure to not allow paramedics into, quote, a hot zone or the danger zone yeah. until it's welcome one, to two, the danger zone, zone. Yeah. which you can understand until because the, they don't know there's only two guys at this point they've got to no. make sure haven't they yeah but can't they get two officers to take him out well they could what they could have done really is uh, there's about 20 officers there surrounding yeah there's no reason that they couldn't have just thrown in a commandeered a vehicle thrown yeah. in the back of it drove him out of that of course to whatever cordon they've got set up there that's supposedly go. safe. I think it's barbaric to let him bleed to death. I would have thought yeah. that... Yeah. I mean, I know the SWAT team rocked up, some of them in shorts. Mm. Some of them were fully dressed. Mm. Some of them were fully equipped. You can't tell me that a SWAT officer does not carry some kind of bandage or trauma pack or yeah, gunshot first aid. 20 wounds just in his legs. Yeah, but... It's I still mean, a small area. I mean, his mm. legs are shot off at that point, fucking anyway. Uh, but uh, field dressings, something well, to apply to a oh, belt, a tourniquet, tourniquets, direct pressure. But it was I seventy mean, minutes later when the paramedics. Yeah, it's got um, it is a bit iffy, isn't it? I mean, it's it like, is, but but I also. He's also just been attempted murder on. Yeah, like they don't know those officers who he shot aren't dead. Yeah. Do they? No. Or the they don't know that. that. To me, it doesn't matter. I know to morally me. it's not right. Yeah, but morally it is. But the, the I can tensions kind of are see. running high. Yeah. That adrenaline's pumping out. Let the fucker bleed out. Yeah. 
I'm not saying what I'm not condoning. No, I'm, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that's what I did. It was they, just, yeah. they did apparently. They did radio for an ambulance, but um, he kept on shouting and Emil kept loudly swearing profusely and still trying to goad the police into shooting. So um, maybe they don't. If he's still shouting and screaming, uh, maybe, maybe they, they don't think, think he's, he's hurt that bad. Yeah, that's a possibility. Because when you, the, the triage, is a military triage, right? Um, if a guy is wounded and screaming, he's all right. He's still breathing. Mm. It's the guy that's not moving and not saying anything is the guy you go to first. I understand that, but it's still no excuse, is it? Well, no, but if he's shouting and screaming, you're thinking, well, you know what? He's still coherent. Maybe he's not that badly downed. I mean, but, yeah, still, at least we can attend to the wounds. Yeah. I, Even if it's just a bandage or a tourniquet, you do something with it. You know you've hit him. That's why he's gone down. Yeah, it is. Anyway, we could debate does, that forever, really. But, but the family... On behalf of his, because he, he had daughters, I think it was. Um, yeah, I think he had a couple of daughters. They did attempt a court case over this, but it was a hung jury in the end. Mm. So, and then they dropped it, probably under pressure from some dodgy. Yeah. Maybe got a little uh, hail on the sly. Mm. Maybe yeah, it could have been a bit of that as well. Maybe yeah. some kind of deal done, because that's mm. probably the American justice system, isn't it? You uh, do a deal, give him some money, doesn't have to be made public. Yeah, we'll drop the case. Yeah. So there you go, that was the 44, and we'll discuss this a little bit more because there were some repercussions from this in like changes to law enforcement. Oh, absolutely. And um, Gregory said it was 1,100 rounds. Uh, uh, yeah. And it was a, that equates to a bullet every two seconds. So 1,100 from the robbers and approximately then eight 900 from uh, mm. the various police yeah. officers. So the, the robbers are firing mm. a bullet every two seconds. <sighs> Fuck me. It, like I say, war zone, just terrifying, yeah. man. Like, that amount of metal flying through the air, yeah, yeah, you know your body armour can't stop it, mm. and then you find out when that guy next to you gets shot through the car, oh. the cars aren't stopping it, oh. where the fuck do you hide well, that's, then? That's, that's why the police ramped up the um, the armour and the... And well, weapons, yeah, yeah, well, the weapons, yeah, it was going to the weapons. That's the legacy of this event, yeah. basically. And, and we've, oh, actually, we've we should actually point got... out, actually, they went to rob a... They basically mm. went to a gun store... Mm. Yeah. To yeah. get AR 15s because they could, they were, yeah. are on the shelf that they didn't have. Yeah, and apparently the gun store wasn't open, but the, they managed, the staff were inside. I know, managed... but do you want your policemen having AR 15s? Well, they have now. Well, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, do you want to play that? Can you pull up that? Um, I'll keep talking. Well, can we that... pull a quick break? Yeah, of course we can. Yeah, then we'll wrap it up. So, yeah, the, we were saying just before the break, there is a legacy of this event. There's a little video from uh, CNN, the North Hollywood shootout 20 years later, which will uh, give you some info. The Battle of North Hollywood. At that time, I was assigned to the SWAT team. They had no care for life. And this was obvious when they come out of the bank and they start shooting at anything that moved. Uniformed police officers were outgunned. They don't have assault rifles, the suspects do. As you can see, they are opening fire right now. Phillips, uh, as he uh, has a malfunction with his AK-47, he drops it. He continues to walk down Archwood, takes out a Beretta 9mm and, uh, handgun, starts shooting at anything that moves, and he gets shot in the hand. He drops it, picks it up, puts the gun under his chin, and presses the trigger. As he goes down, an unknown uniformed patrol officer fires and hits him in the upper torso, 
through the side, misses the vest, and severs his spine. We then proceed to shoot under our car at him, and we hit him 28 times 28, until sorry. he stops being a threat and he stops shooting at us. The three of us take the suspect into custody, and I take the ski mask off of Emil Masrano. He looks up at me, and his comment was, why don't you just put a round through my head? I have a few words with him, and we then cuff him and turn him over to the detective. If this were to happen today, the incident would be over before SWAT would get there. As a result of the shooting, there are rifles in all the police cars, in all the stations. All police officers are trained with, uh, with assault rifles to be able to handle this type of a situation. So, yeah, there you go. Now, your average copper in, um, in the States... Uh, he's, got an, he's got an AR-15 in his truck, uh, his car. In the patrol car. He knows how to use it. Yeah, he's trained how to use it. So, And I imagine their body armour has been updated and things like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, they've probably got... Well, the challenge is they probably still wear the stab vests day to day, mm. but if someone mm. opens up like that in the car, they've yeah. probably got the, the heavy vest to yeah. throw on over the top or swap mm. it over at that time. The armour in the police cars has been upgraded. Yeah. But if they had sensible gun laws, they probably wouldn't need all this. Well, that's true. Well, you can got, use New Zealand as an example there. You've yeah. got Larry and Emil to thank for... Uh, Militarising the, the police? Yeah, basically the police are walking around with war machines in the trunk. Hmm? Yeah, well... I mean, fair enough. Look what they're up against. Yeah, Some, that's true. you got to say, you got to be able to defend yourself, but it's crazy having them weapons out there in the first place. Yeah. So I suppose... That's the craziness. Yeah, I suppose there's not much of a conclusion to come to on this one. I, I guess it's more of a factual thing, but I think we've touched on the, the sort of conspiracy and dodgy element of it is letting that guy bleed out on the street. Yeah, do you think, think, you'd uh, think they'd have a first aid kit, wouldn't you? Or, or I mean, secure bandages. the area quicker and let 70 minutes later yeah, the paramedics were Bandages, out. tourniquets, mm. morphine. The SWAT guys would be carrying morphine, if nothing else. I don't know. This is personal first aid kits. I I think they could have attended to him if they wanted to. Mm. Well, there's also. But well, they also didn't know how many there was of them, did that's they? That's the other thing. That's where I, I I can kind of see why it stood up in court that they were like, "Hey, it's standard procedure. That until we absolutely know the hot zone is cool, we don't mm. allow paramedics and first responders mm. in." And like I said, you could have taken him to them. Yeah, I guess they could have evacuated him. Yeah. That's yeah. But they didn't, and it's not the only legacy of the uh, 44 minutes of that day in North Hollywood. The uh, heavy metal band, Megadeth, oh. I was sort of pleased to discover, eulogised this uh, event in a song called 44 Minutes. Uh, it only came out a few years, 2009, I think. It, yeah, 2009. Is their attempt to be edgy, do you think, um, in their old age? Yeah, we're just going to... Uh, for legal reasons, just play you a little 30 second snippet of it, dear listener. And Ben avoided listening to it so he could hear it live now. And yeah, yeah, I'm not a Megadeth I don't think any of us are Megadeth fans, no. maybe one or two songs tops. We like metal, just not their metal. Yeah, it sucks a bit. Not yeah. He's there, um, he got booted out of Metallica because he was an, an asshole. Uh -oh. I thought you were going to say nonsense. No. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> no, 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 he wasn't. No, no, he wasn't. Dave Mustaine is not a nonce that we know of. Uh, but he was a bit of a 
an asshole, mm. and they kicked him out. And then he went on to form Megadeth and never evolved the sound. Well, so, okay, 30 seconds of Megadeth, 44 minutes. That sounds a bit balls. <laughs> it's like it's the like, lyrics don't fit the tune at all. No, it's see, no I melody. Quite, see, I quite like the riff. The musically, the musically, it's fine. Yeah. I've got no issue with it's, it with the riff and the, the drums. Singing. But the singing's technical. Well, Damn, well, you can vouch. I did say in our group message earlier. Musically, it's all right, but the yeah. vocals don't sound finished. They don't sound <laughs> like they fit the fucking tune. No. Is what it is. And it sounds like he's doing like this pretend half-assed metal voice where he's like... That's not, no, that's his voice, generally. Uh, but he goes, automatic weapon. It's like, the well, fucking, come on. Then you've got Bruce Dickinson, the air raid siren, fucking belting it out from yeah. the bottom of his fucking lungs. And you got this fucking... Automatic weapon. No, not a fan. No. The melody doesn't... It hasn't got a melody. No. I like the riff, though. The tune's fine. Yeah. Other lyrics may be a good song, but... Uh... Ah, well, not at least they one. tried. Not that one. It's no interdimensional penis it's by Sonya Warden. No, it's not. Available on YouTube for free. So, listen to it, please. Yeah, and yeah. subscribe to the page. Yeah. And like our posts and stuff like that. That'd be nice. Oh, leave us a review if you really want to. Yeah. It would really help us psychologically. Yeah. <laughs> We're all about the ego. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that concludes... The yeah. North Hollywood shootout. Yeah, I used to say I I genuinely do think that um, Larry, that was how he wanted to go out. Mm. I genuinely do. Um, maybe not this time, uh, but at some point in the future, this is how he wanted to go. Out. Didn't like the police. Mm. This is how I'm going, and I think, yeah, maybe the suicide wasn't the way he'd have preferred to have been gunned down. Mm. Mm. But uh, in the bla in that blaze of glory, but, but I think when he knew his hands were fucked, yeah, and he's down to his pistol, he uh, knows he's not out shooting the police anymore. He's got to make that. You know, you know what? Uh, fuck it. Uh, I'm not being taken alive. Never, you'll never take me alive, copper. Yeah. Well, God loves a trier. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. So um, so let's yeah. finish on some weird news, and we'll play full Alex. Yes. Let's get the boys' views on this week's weird news. Okay, well this one's interesting. Lifenews.com Abortion activist Bill would make men contact police when they release sperm from their testicles. What? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I read it right, didn't I? Yeah. An yeah. abortion activist wants men to contact police when they... Ejaculate. Well, that'd be inconvenient. I will be ringing them all the <laughs> fucking time. Yeah, then you'll get a state-sanctioned therapist assigned to deal with your porn addiction. I've got speed dog as well. my girlfriend addiction. <laughs> I do watch porn as well. But sorry, what did you say? I'm on speed dog. <laughs> Can you stop? Like, they're going to do you for harassment. Yeah. <laughs> oh, phone it again. 
<laughs> you come again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? Well done, Mike. That's fucking six times today. <laughs> must be dust by now. <laughs> so, uh, what, what's his fucking justification for well, this lunacy? Missing the whole point of pro-life legislation and the basics of science, two Georgia lawmakers <laughs> have planned to introduce bills that would force men to report to police when they release sperm from their testicles and other nonsense requirements. State representatives uh, Darshan Kendrick of uh, Lithonia and Park Cannon of Atlanta, Park Cannon, wow. that's, a, that's a redneck name, isn't it? Park it Cannon, is. named after that cannon that goes off on the, <laughs> the day the South declared war on, oh, God. on the North in the park once a year. We'll call him Park Cannon, that's when he's conceived. <laughs> park Cannon Day. They're pro-abortion. The pro-abortion Democrats who oppose a Georgia pro-life bill that would ban abortions once an unborn baby's heartbeat is detectable. In protest, they are writing bills to highlight the differences in how healthcare is treated between the sexes. Kendrick nicknamed the, her bill the Testicular Bill of Rights, which could do other things which require a man to obtain permission from his sexual partner before obtaining a prescription for erectile dysfunction medicine. Uh, she says, uh, you want some regulation of bodies and choice? Done, she wrote, twit she wrote on Twitter. Let's hear the men squirm when their re reproductive organs are at issue. And we've got some tweets. It's not expected to pass, well, surprisingly. I, uh, I get the point she's making. It's a protest, bit, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it's just, she's just saying, a weird headline. <laughs> I know, yeah. She's saying, look, if you want to... Mm. Uh, determine what we, women can do to their bodies. We're going to put a bill in which determines what men can do to their bodies. Yeah. And See how admit, you like it. As I was reading, it, I was thinking, I don't like that. <laughs> don't tell me what to do. Man's body's his own choice. If I want to ejaculate, I'll ejaculate. Yeah. And I, I take her point, but I, to be honest, don't get involved in what. I know some do, but I'm never going to tell anyone to not have an abortion if they want one. That's it, man. I'm just not. You're, <laughs> you're, you're pro life then? No, mm. Pro choice, sorry. Yeah. Well, in the um, I don't give two shits what a woman does with her exactly. body. If she wants well, an abortion, she has an abortion. I was just about to say, my. I, I mean, think... I, obviously, abortions are bad. Mm. You can agree with that. Mm. Nobody wants to have oh, an no, abortion. Of course not. Nobody, no, 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 they don't. But if, you know if, what I mean? You want to get abortions down, but there are ways of doing it. Yeah. Sexual education. You know what I mean? You, well, you just remove the unwanted pregnancy issue, don't you? So it's. Uh... I'm going to quote Jay from yeah. Jay and Silent Bob. Uh, in the movie Dogma, of course. it's about Catholicism, there's a protest outside an abortion clinic and uh, the woman works there and one of the main characters, Beth. Anyway, they're talking to him and I think she asked Jay, like, well, weren't you there for the protest? And he says, quite simply, no, me and Silent Bob think that what a woman does with her body is her own fucking business. Yeah. Boom. That's there it. you go. So, yeah, I take her point because we wouldn't like it. No? I didn't like reading about it there. I thought, fuck <laughs> off, you want tell me when to I'm going to go and get hard on medicine if I ever need it. Or, uh, and you're going to call the police or something fucking wank. <laughs> yeah, by the way, I'm planning on ejaculating within uh, the next sort of uh, five, ten minutes. Well, don't. <laughs> It'll be in a sock. Oh, all right then. <laughs> you got a licence for that sock, um, for that wank sock? You can't get a temporary one, <laughs> you know, that five dollar a time one. It's going to cost you. You're okay. going to yourself, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> no, because what it is, you have a deal, a six month one. Ooh. And that'll be like cheaper than buying it per month, and then a twelve month okay. one, which would be buying cheaper than buying two six month ones. Okay. They have a deal. Well, but it'd be like Xbox Xbox Live. <laughs> well, fair enough. Uh, I think we we we've concluded that yeah, yeah, it's up to you, ladies. 
We don't care. And if you're a man just... and it really bothers you what they're doing, like you've got to just fucking fuck off. There's bigger, bigger, bigger things to worry about in this world. Absolutely, it really, truly is. Absolutely. Okay, next up. Who wants to do this one? Go on then. Thanks to nanoparticle injections, these mice can see in infrared. Are we next? Well, so you got predator mice. Yep. Cool. Not they fucking work as a like the chickens who work as a team. <laughs> they were infrared. They're hunting us. Every mouse on the planet. That's oh, not, that's not as cool, <laughs> admittedly. And they might be angry with me for killing all their gerbil cousins. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, stick it up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Freddy Stark. <laughs> oh no, he had to gerbil. He, he put up his yeah. ass. You put up their ass. Hollywood. Who was I can't it? remember. Fuck. I seen it in a in a comedy show. He's a Buddhist now. It's got Pretty Woman. The Jack man from Pretty it. Woman. What Richard Gere? Richard Gere. Oh yeah, apparently he did. Yeah, yeah. He did that. <laughs> no way. Yeah. I was aware of that. That's the thing, though, when you get to them levels of celebrity, you've done everything that's mm. sexually possible. What's the next taboo? He doesn't want to join the Satanists and their pedo cult, so hamster up the ass you it mean, is. You mean he's not going to go to go and uh, visit Lilibet and um, what was the fucking oh, clone fuck guy's yeah. name? Uh, Donald Marshall. Donald Marshall. That's one of our more popular episodes, but... Uh, fuck yeah. Yeah, give it a listen, it's quite it funny. a good episode. <laughs> Complete fantasy. So, yeah, sorry, Mike. What were you saying? Yet the mice with infrared eyes. There's a whole world out there beyond the limits of human sight. Like most creatures, we have eyes that are tuned to only a narrow portion of electromagnetic spectrum, which becomes a serious handicap in dimly lit conditions. Mm. But someday that might no longer be the case. In a study published today in the journal Cell, a team of researchers has expanded the visible range of mice, enabling them to see infrared light with enough precision to distinguish between different shapes. The catch... The treatment requires injecting metal nanoparticles into the back of the eye. Well, like I said, it's fucking painful, so no thank you. I'll take my shitty human Mark One eyeball, thank you. Yeah. But I'll, I'll just wait 15 minutes so I can see a little bit better. Or use red light. The procedure would need to be proven safe and effective in other species before being considered for using humans. Oh, great! No shit. But if that happens, nanoparticles like these could someday be used to deliver, to deliver drugs to hard to reach parts of the eye or even pave the road for new techniques and vision enhancement. I will guarantee you this is a fucking military fucking funded <laughs> experiment. How can we make our soldiers see in the dark without giving them uh, you know, night vision goggles and that? What if we inject nanoparticles in the backs of their eyes? <laughs> well, we know from Red Dwarf that nanobots can build you a new arm if you lose an arm. Yeah, and buff you up considerably. Oh yeah, like, yeah, they can. I want nanobots. <laughs> uh, he's like, he's like, oh, well, they got a bit carried away and he's like fucking uh, ripped yeah, just seeing you like, yeah. I'd be like, thanks nanobots. <laughs> wouldn't you? Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't you try and maintain that then? I would never go back to my normal self. No, you just try and maintain that because you're strong enough to actually enjoy working out. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Boom, or, or what you do mm. is you then just fucking eat whatever the fuck you want uh, get really fat and to... then go alright nanobots yeah. bring it on and get ripped together instantly or oh, just keep the nanobots inside and just be like listen I'm not going to maintain this muscle I'm going to eat like shit your job is to maintain the muscle do, for yeah, me do something with that mm. you know like, it... in the case you do encounter some kind of female mm. alien or human yeah about there you want to be looking your best don't you definitely yeah. and you obviously want an alien cock to be able to <laughs> you know 
Well, who's to say... Be received they, by her. Who's to say that they haven't expanded your own to twice yeah. its normal length? Maybe. Bring on the nanobots. Bring on the nanobots, or make it green hammerhead shaped. Oh. Make it, you know, ribbed for pleasure. Yeah. You don't know what the receptacles... You've no be idea, like do you? But they could reshape it as you enter. Nanobots, roll out. <laughs> That's a totally and they, can give you a tra- and they can give you a transient anus. <laughs> if you really want one. Transient anus. <laughs> what was that animal that had one? It was jellyfish. Uh, jellyfish, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Well, yeah, I, <coughs> I like this story. Once injected into the eye, the nanoparticles capture infrared light and re-emit it at a shorter wavelength, which the brain interprets as green. From the protoceptor's photoreceptor's point of view, this artificial light source is interpreted similarly to visible wavelengths, hitting the retina through more natural means, making the process akin to using an outlet adapter to accommodate a plug from a foreign country. Well, saves using those night vision goggles, Tim. There you go. Yeah, I'm, I like everything about that story. It is worth pointing out the Germans in World War Two invented night vision. Well, they invented everything. It was called um, Vampire. Oh. <laughs> it's kind of cool. Trust them to give it a fucking scary-ass name. Yeah. Actually, I'll give you a little... You, you, we mentioned the AK-47 earlier. Mm-hmm. It's considered the first true assault rifle. Right. Well, old uh, Mikhail Kalashnikov fought in World War Two as a Soviet mm-hmm. tank driver, tank gunner. Well, a tanker, anyway. The Germans had invented this marvellous new rifle called the Sturmgewehr, mm-hmm. which means literally assault rifle in German. Hitler named that. <laughs> Hitler named that. Because uh, he didn't like it. He bought him this design. He said, fuck it. Don't like it. But they went ahead and made it without him knowing because they knew it was shit. It's a 30-round magazine, big rifle calibre, Firing fully automatic. There's shit tons of Russians. They got rifles. That single shot. The bolt action. Oh. Some of them got some machine guns. Yeah, but you got this fucking thirty rounds at a time. Then they had this meeting and they said, "What you need on the eastern front?" He said, "Well," and the general says, "We want more of these new rifles." He's like, "What new rifles? We don't know." They they then they had to own up, and he christened it the Sturmgewehr, which is the assault rifle. Fair enough. Mm. Didn't they invent flamethrowers as well, the Germans? Probably in World War One back then, mm. yeah. They had them in World War One, but yeah. Anyway, the um, and guns that can go around, fire around corners. Mm. They did. They had them too, but uh, oh, yeah, it's it worth pointing out back, yeah, yeah. back to the original point. Klashnikov came up against them, mm. and the fact that they look very similar yeah, no, suggests that uh, the Germans had made a really good weapon. He just adapted it a bit, made it simpler, mm. and ripped it off. Mm. Well. That Hitler fella. The more you hear about him. <laughs> I actually went to the... Uh, you know, you've seen the film Valkyrie with Tom Cruise? I haven't, but I'm aware of the story. Yeah, I went to that uh, site mm. on Friday. Awesome. Tom, yeah, yeah. yeah, walked around it. There's shit tons of bunkers. I mean, these fucking things are made of solid concrete, mate. Mm. You wouldn't believe how big they are. Well, they had plenty of reasons to be worried. They did. <laughs> they did indeed. Right. Last bit of news. Yeah. You want this one, guys? What's happening? Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> so, am I, I finished? Oh, don't. Or... No, no. Don't fear killer robots, says US Army. With their, right. with their drones. 
Cheers, mate. Did you yeah. come out and say that? Don't feel it, killer they, robot. Don't feel So when they, the Terminators are trained on human schools, <laughs> crossing the field of bones towards our defensive positions, mm, yeah. the US military is going to turn up and say, hey, don't fear them. They're all right, they are. I haven't read the article yet, but I'm reading into that headline that we definitely should worry about killer robots. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> That's why they're saying Me it. too, definitely. Uh, this is the headline in the BBC. Well... Humans will always make the final decision on whether armed robots can shoot, the US Department of Defence has said. Until they become software. (laughs) The statement comes as plans emerge for gun platforms that can choose their own targets on the battlefield. The plans seek to upgrade existing aiming systems using developments in machine intelligence. That sounds terrifying. Uh, The US said rules governing armed robots still stood and humans would retain the power to veto their actions. Yeah, they would until until they were self-aware. Until you can't veto it. You know what, I won't... That that human's pitted that target, but I think that one's better, so I'm going to shoot at it. Uh, And eventually that'll come in, because the human might not see, I don't know, that anti-aircraft gun position three kilometres to the left... And the, machine, and the human, can see because he's looking one way on the gun camera, might see a bloke with a, an AK-47 just trying to take him out first. And the drone goes, oh, you know what, better target over there. Yeah, or the drone could think, hang on, I'm fed up this human telling me what to do. If I shoot the human, I can do what I want. Yeah, so it turns around, and <laughs> yeah. blows up the fucking base they're flying from. Yeah. And then and goes, to the, it goes to the library and reads books really fast. Johnny Five is alive! Oh, I love those films, man. But look at this this um, acronym that's coming up in a second. This reminds me of something like it's a really pained acronym, you know, like yeah. you had to really struggle to get this. So it's called Atlas, the Advanced Targeting and Lethality Automated oh. System. Lethality. Yes. Uh, Atlas, Atlas. He was a Greek guy, wasn't he? Yeah, in the old yeah. world. Yeah. yeah. But that's uh, that's currently what they use on ground combat vehicles to help human gunners aim, and they're looking to upgrade it. Uh, the military is seeking commercial partners to help develop aiming systems to, quote, acquire, acquire, identify, huh. and engage targets at least three times faster than the current manual process. And some commentators feared this would mean systems that could choose their own targets and make an autonomous decision to fire, as you were saying, Ben. Yeah. The US Army then updated its proposal to emphasise the key role of humans in the aiming process. I maintain that... Uh... That's what they're saying. They've mm. already got the fucking autonomous thing Probably. on its way. Well, it says it remained committed to the rules governing human-robot interaction. Makes me feel better that there are rules. <laughs> Known as Directive 3000. Yeah, it's 3009. I was, couldn't see if there was an extra O. But uh, it's known as that directive, anyway, <laughs> which require a human finger on every trigger. Ah, what a lovely sentiment. <laughs> uh, the US Army also said it would issue a series of, quote, talking points around human-robot interaction to be debated on the 12th of March when industry is invited to an open day to explore how Atlas can be updated. Well, the US Army was not putting robots in a position to kill anyone, an official told military news site Defence One. Well, mm. well, they've got to say that, haven't they? Eventually, they've got time. It's worrying. It just happen. I mean, what's the difference between a robot killing someone and a human morally? Well, the thing is, what'll happen is eventually the uh, the the the, the armies won't consist of people. They'll consist of mm. drones and robots. 
Because then you can have a war guilt-free, can't you? Just costing money then. It's yeah. not costing blood, it's not costing lives. It's good enough no for the blood Jedi's. For oil. No blood for oil, but oil for oil. Because the robots are... And have massive moving. robots fight each other. Yeah, which would be pretty sweet. Yeah. Because you'll be sat there in your... You know, we might be sat here at home, you've been conscripted, what are we going to yeah. do? Sit there at home, log on to this, here's put your in, password. Put on your virtual put reality, virtual reality suit. You can try a massive minute. battle time. You're in the fucking sand dunes <laughs> fucking Iraq. Yeah, yeah. strolling into combat against other people. Robots. Who aren't really doing, who are there at home as well. Yeah. Winners are last, last solid still standing. Takes it, takes the uh, the bloodiness out of warfare, turns it into a computer game. Please see the movie Robot Jocks, which... Uh, is an 80s masterpiece, which is exactly this. Like, armies just have one big fucking mech suit mm-hmm. and they, they fight off one-on-one. Yeah. And that's awesome. how you decide but, battles. What, what, what turns public opinion against war quicker than anything? Deaths. Mm. If you've got no deaths, war's just a game then. Oh, perpetual war. Perpetual war. Get it. As, long as, you, as long as you can but, build those mech suits, mm. you just... Plug them in again. But then again like it's, back better, in. it's still better to have perpetual robot war than a perpetual human war. Until it kills all the resources on the planet. Well, fear not, boys, because <laughs> the good old US military have told us not to worry. Not to worry about mm. killer robots. Yeah. Well, well, I'm happy. Me too. <laughs> what's What's next, Ben? It's Full Alex. Yay! What's Full Alex? This is the best game show in this flat. The favourite mm. game show in this flat, even where. Mike finds just some random weirdos on the internet who are usually spouting bigoted or insane shite, and usually religious shite, mm. one of them at least. <laughs> uh, he pits them against the arch saint of insanity, the Saint Alex Jones, mm. and uh, we decide who's gone more full Alex this week, because it's alright to go a little bit Alex, you can go to half Alex, pushing it is three quarters, mm. but you never go... Full Alex. Especially if you're ranting at strangers on a train after an all day bender. <laughs> yeah. About there being more than one good man at the Las Vegas. <laughs> well, we were trying to talk about Roswell because it was more sort of pedestrian friendly in a way. Yeah. And you start screaming about two gunmen <laughs> on the train. Yeah. yeah one so day we'll release that. I was only half Alex. Half Alex. <laughs> you knew you had full Alex in the other street the following year, though. Oh, <laughs> you so ra- Moving what were you on. then? <laughs> Fucking, I can't remember. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Can we call a quick slash break for a we can. Alex? Okay, so let's crack on with full Alex. Invert, insert theme tune here. Were you trying to get crazy with this thing? Don't you know I'm local? Who's first, Mike? First up is the Prophet Bobby Connor. That's a big name. That's a big title to bestow on myself, isn't it? Yeah. Apparently, he stopped a tornado. Did he? Apparently. Wow. Okay. I got on a plane. We flew out of Albany, Oregon, down to uh, Oklahoma City, and we go straight to the air, straight to the church, and um, a terrible tornado starts coming. A terrible tornado. And so we, I've just got to the building, and uh, the, one of the men on a smartphone had a, a Doppler radar, and he says, Pastor, there's a tornado coming. He's headed straight for this building. And so, here's what happened. The Lord said, Bobby, if you don't get up and rebuke this tornado, I'm going to send a tornado, blow the building away, hurt a lot of people, and hold you responsible. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> did you hear that? I said, Oh, my God. Okay, God. 
Now, I said, okay, if you really want me to get up there and prophesy, I want you to speak to me. I opened the Bible just like this and stuck my finger down there just like that. And I looked down and it said, son of man, get up and prophesy to the winds. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Oh, so I got is. up and prophesied to the winds. And you can get it. It's in the world. It's in the film and the weather channel. When the prayer goes up to bind the tornado, tornado's coming down like that, it stops in midair, reverses its rotation, goes back up. The world record uh, people said it happened one other time in human history. Isn't that amazing? Oh, I believe one. There's nothing else you can throw at me that's convinced me that man's a batshit insane and lying like fuck. You just can't. There's nothing more you can say. What I love about it is God said, right, if you don't, Pray or something mm. to get rid of this tornado. Prophesy I'm, and prophesy and tornado. Remember tornado, tornado and I'm prophesy. Gonna, I'm gonna make it kill a load of people. Hurt remember? a load of people. And I'm gonna blame it on you. That's not fucking <laughs> fair, isn't it? What a lovely bloke. <laughs> yeah. God. Now, I hope I'm not speaking out of turn, but this seems like a bit of a dick move, man. I'm just minding my own business. Imagine if that's the first time you hear the voice of God. Hey, <laughs> hey, you, you. <laughs> yeah, you. Good there. Fucking prophesy against that tornado. Uh, tornado. And, and uh, if you don't, loads of people get hurt. It'll be your fault. Crack yeah. on, son. You're like, what kind of cunt have I just given my fucking life to? Oh, my God. He said, oh. it's on the weather channel. That's I lie. bet it isn't. It's a lie. The world record people said it only happened one other time in history. That's a lie. Yeah, the tornado just sort of... It just reversed, reversed itself. itself. yeah. Well... Well, I tell you what, it's going to take a lot to beat him. Yeah, that audience member, man. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, just believing every word he says is absolute fucking truth. Because, no, no religious man would ever get up there and lie to you no. to manipulate you to make money off of you, would he? No. Ugh. No. Okay, all right, let's... What's next? Next up, Rick, Rick Wiles says the synagogue of Satan is crapping on the country. We've had Rick Wiles before. Well, yeah. that's the is name that, of our um, follow-up album. It's one of my personal favourites. What's that? The Synagogue <laughs> of Satan. <laughs> <laughs> that, um, that chap we've had there, he's a first time, isn't he? Yeah, Bobby Cameron. Well, what an outstanding debut. <laughs> fucking too right. You know what? I know Rick Wiles, I think he might have won it once in the past. I think he's going to be hard-pushed. All right, let's see what he's got. The power of oh, the Israeli yeah. lobby in America is the most detrimental force in America. Our culture has been decimated yes. through abortion, pornography, the sexual liberation movement, filthy, raunchy movies, <laughs> television shows, vile, violent rap music and hip hop and, and all, owned, oh, this, it's all of it owned by the synagogue of Satan. Yes. And I cannot be a preacher of the gospel and not confront the synagogue of Satan. Even if it costs me my life. Right. It, it, that day is coming. Christians are going to lose their lives as they confront the synagogue of Satan. You cannot stand for Jesus Christ and righteousness in this world without confronting the synagogue of Satan. Here's what we got in America. Right? So we have, we have conservative Christian patriots who are concerned about abortion, the murder of 70 million babies, okay? We have conservative Christian patriots who are concerned about the 
the destruction of the Constitution. We have conservative Christian patriots who are concerned about gun the, the gun rights and Second Amendment. We have conservative patriotic Christians who are concerned about the attack on parental rights, the attack on property rights, and, and, and on and on and on. Okay, so it's like this. Uh, they're all in a living room, and, and the living room is piling up with elephant dung. <laughs> and the elephant dung is getting higher and higher and higher, and everybody's griping about the elephant crap. Mm -hmm. But not about the elephant. But you can't talk about the elephant. Oh, wow. You're not allowed well, to I'm mention so the elephant. And somebody says, hey, why don't we get the elephant under control, and this crap would leave. And you're not allowed to talk about it. Well, who's crapping on the country? Who's crapping in this country? Who has brought the abortion, the homosexuality, the sexual liberation movement, the vile movies? The who has brought wars? Who has who has attacked our Christian culture? Who has found lawsuits to remove crosses and Bibles? Who has done it? The synagogue of Satan. And you cannot be a preacher in this country and refuse to deal with the truth and then stand someday in front of God and say that you preach the gospel. You cannot do it. We're reaching the point in time when you have to confront the synagogue of Satan. It is what it is. What happens though, you're, you, and we get these comments, you're anti-Semitic, Rick, you're anti-Semitic. Well, I'm anti-Satan. <laughs> What's worrying there is he effectively called on every preacher in America to start uh, spouting hate. To turn against... Synagogue of Satan. <laughs> I mean, yeah, all right. He, he's second to me. First guy's win. Uh, yeah. Filthy, raunchy I mean, movies. He's, he's just... Synagogue of Satan. He's just saying that because he's a bit of a fucking twat, isn't he? He's, he's, he believes that. That's his version of Christianity. Look, I love the frame that it's paused on right now. I know the listener can't see it, but he just looks like an evil, fucking shitty little man, doesn't he? Yeah. Just a shitty, shitty man. <laughs> All right, what I want to tell you is Alex has got to pull something that fucking bag to be the first guy. Well... Pressure's on, but he has been known to uh, perform well under pressure. He certainly has. <laughs> okay, what we've got, Mike? Okay, in this clip, Alex is impersonating Virginia Governor Ralph Northam. I don't know who that is, Neither but it's still going to be funny, and I know it. <laughs> okay, well, all right, spin that shit. <laughs> we keep the babies alive after they're born, have a discussion. They're getting caught now because we've decompartmentalized. Didn't see we that. We keep them comfortable. But I am very very concerned with late-term abortions. We don't want, this three-minute clip, pull it up. We don't want the government involved, the doctors, and the mother who's drugged up, you didn't say that, are gonna decide about the future. And maybe she keep baby alive a week. Maybe she decided to get rid of baby. He goes, well, sometimes the baby, sometimes the baby is, is deformed. No, they want the organs. If they can kill a baby after it's born, because sometimes they deformed. You know what it is? Sometimes they deformed. Here's the key. They're like, why are we wasting this seven pounds of meat? Where they go, oh, we consider the baby dead. The mother decided it didn't live. If she decides we resuscitate and it lives, but it didn't resuscitate, it's flesh, it's a legalese, it's passed into a special ward with doctors that make a few million a year. 
and the little, little flesh ball is kept alive and comfortable until all the orders come in the plains land and they take the organs and they take the, the blood and they take the skin, Joe. You see how it works? Now you know why. freaking out with his voice. No, no, but see, it's a southern loving voice. Say five lives. Yeah. Make him comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, that was um, also insane. I have to say, in the wider context of that, because I've watched that interview, listened to it and watched that podcast. It was from the, his most recent Joe Rogan, because it's, it's fucking wonderful. Yeah. But that's one of the bits where they actually played a clip later on of somebody saying, not confirming exactly what Alex is saying there, but there's definitely some weird shit going on yeah. with babies. And the guy says something, ah, oh, fuck it. Look it up yourself, listener. Remember, you were the fact checker. How late term are we talking here? Well, the baby's um, born. So the baby's born, then they kill it. Uh, or and let it die. It's not really an abortion, though, is it's it? It's deformed or whatever. Or don't they... resuscitate it. Yeah. Or get the mother's permission. Either way, they want fresh. As soon as they get it, the organs are harvested. They take the baby away, so we'll take the baby away. And then yeah, and they, they give the it to doctors. And all that and they take the organs and the blood. And... I'll give it to Dick Cheney. Because apparently... Alex, I don't detain just suck the chest cavity dry. Alex does say that... Um, <laughs> no, I'm not saying I believe in this, but... Imagine fucking Dick Cheney walking out of the hospital room covered in blood and... Yeah. The newborn... Well, you're just hand. There goes Dick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's Dick. Who'll be surprised? Apparently, according, according to Alex, the rubbing of, of organs by doctors in, in hospitals in the States who then make a lot of money on the side from the black market. Because there is a black market for organs, isn't there? As far as I know. Apparently, it's quite... It's a thing that's happened for years. But I don't know. I can't prove any of that. I think I think the first guy still got it. Yeah, me too. me this week because... Bobby Connor. Uh, Bobby Connor, the prophet. The prophet, Bobby Connor. <laughs> I think he, he's... He sounds been, like a fucking he, wrestler. He stopped a fucking tornado <laughs> by going outside... Uh, to, sorry, he stopped a tornado by going out and prophesizing oh, yeah. against it. Yeah. And then God told him that if he didn't, loads of people would get hurt or die. We don't know. He's either a liar, a uh, bare-faced fucking liar, or he's utterly delusional and he genuinely believes <laughs> a tornado died down because of his prayers. I think it's a bit of both. He's a f- I think he's... He's a weird he, charlatan, he's, fucking yeah. liar, piece of shit. He has won it for me. Newcomer Bobby Connor wins it then. First time in a while, Nuclear wins it. Yeah. Oh, and if well. we can get the prophet Bobby Connor on uh, a bit more often, I think he may. He may full Alex. He's and he won. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that concludes our episode. It's been fun. Yeah, well. Yeah. I love a good shootout. Who doesn't? There we go. Do you want to. Uh, do your thing, Ben. Right, so uh, in conclusion, well, it's a fantastic shootout, movie-style shootout. Yeah. Newcomer wins for Alex. It's a night of uh, night of magic. On that note. So I'm in Ben. Uh, don't do the flavour. Don't join the cult. Thanks for listening. Yeah, uh, I've been Gaz, Free Biff Tannin, thanks for listening. I've been Mike, thanks for listening. Peace out, may the force be with you. Mm.